0: Let's take a second to talk about our buddies over. Who did that? Who made that noise? Is that you, Luke, again?
1: (laughs) Yes. Three, two,
2: one, zero.
0: You're listening to the Knives Templars.
2: Get ready, y'all. We about to Bobby Boucher you. Bam! I got a piece
3: off of the wagon that Sam Houston used to take JFK to the moon.
4: Pinto. pinto sauce. I like that. Pinto sauce. <laughs> pinto
0: sauce. You're tuned in to the Knives Templars Podcast. Featuring Odisier special sauce pinto.
5: I was I was a mean kid. Long
0: time listener, first time caller. Eric T-R-E Rivers.
6: Holy crap, I built something.
0: Don the train Watson.
7: Never slap a man in the face, chewing the backup.
0: Joey the Ryan
2: Terrier. Conchon de l'air will make you smack your lips. Can anyone get too close to your plate?
0: Luke Beerslinger Berry. I know
2: there's a certain look
3: that I'm trying to go for.
0: And Chip shegman Carlisle. And now broadcasting alive, live, it's the Knives Templars Coming to you live from Forkhouse Studios located in Huntsville, Alabama and other U.S. locations. This is the Knives Templars Podcast. We are the coolest knife-making podcast on the planet, and we are downloaded around this big blue marble in over 24 countries. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide in all of our favorite apps and at knivestemplars.com. Hey guys, welcome to uh, this episode of Knives Templars. We're running around 18 or so right now, and uh, we've got... Uh, most of the crew with us tonight. We've got uh, Don is with us coming out of Florida. We've got Eric Rivers coming over from Texas. How's the weather, Eric tonight?
6: Uh, slightly windy.
0: Slightly and windy. Hot. So, so hopefully, hopefully we'll be holding on to you because we know what happens when that Texas wind starts. We got Otis coming out of Laurel, Maryland, and Chip Carlisle coming out of Hartsville, Alabama. Uh, Joey. Excuse me, Joey Terrio. Yeah, Joey's on the road. He's headed up to uh, a maker's camp. Is that what he's told us, guys?
6: I yeah, think so, yes. Yeah,
0: I think he's headed to a maker's camp, so he's not on with us tonight. But uh, wish him safe travels. And uh, Luke, is, Luke Barry, he's with us tonight, but he keeps falling off the Internet Uh information superhighway and uh he's uh, got a brand new computer uh, so we'll see if he comes back into us here in, in just a short bit so anyway welcome to the knives templars uh, just want to take a moment to uh, also welcome in a special guest tonight and that is mr jess hoffman he's coming in to us from wisconsin and uh Jeff, well welcome jess welcome to the show
4: thank you thank you very much
0: we're glad you're here. Hey, uh, we're gonna uh, have you in here for a while. But hey, chat with us whenever you uh, whenever you like. Feel free. Uh, we're glad to have you here, and uh, we'll get into the makers' mart you can tell us all about those beautiful knives I've seen you making. And uh, and we certainly want to hear about. But let me tell you about the menu we've got tonight, guys. You ready to hear the menu? Are you yeah, hungry for oh, some yeah. knife stuff?
1: Oh,
0: yeah. All right, we've got we've got a <laughs> special review from a local brewery about. 30 miles down the road from me on the brew review this week. It's going to be the Goat Island Brewing Sipsy Red Ale. Uh, we're going to have some knife news for you, and I've got some really neat stuff to talk about this week because I don't like talking about violence with knives, but I've got an interesting story to tell. On top of that, I mentioned the Maker's Mark with Mr. Hoffman, and we've got some questions we're going to go through and some uh, see what we can do to help uh, those makers out there that have a few questions for us. Uh, as always, we want to thank our sponsors for getting us on the air and, uh, helping to keep us here. But right now let's head into that brew review. So guys, you ready to hear about the, uh, my beer this week?
1: Go
7: ahead.
0: Yep. I don't drink a lot of beer, but I, I enjoy a nice beer and, uh, Every once in a while, and usually, you know, when I'm working in the shop and it's real hot outside, after I put the tools down for the day, uh, I will uh, I will pop a top on a on a nice beer or open a bottle, and uh, and I have found one actually from a local brewery. I'll hold it up where you guys can see it, and this is the uh, Goat Island Brewing Company out of Coleman, Alabama, and I'm drinking their Sipsy River. Red Ale, and this is a very special beer to me, and wait just one second, let me, uh... oh yeah, yeah, it's a special beer. This one's special to me because I have spent the last 15 years running through the Sipsy Wilderness. It's a uh, wildlife management area uh, owned by the U.S. Forest Service and the public of the United States of America. And uh, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous location. So they've taken the opportunity to name their beer after this four. So, you know, what do they have to say about it? it? And uh, they're saying that, hey, their beer won a gold medal in uh, 2016 Alabama Craft Beer Championship. So this is a champion beer. It's an amber to red ale, and it's dark. It's dark like a dark beer. Um, and it's balanced perfectly with malt and European hops. It's smooth and flavorful and colorful. Uh, the first thing you will notice about this beer is the fragrance, and it will remind you of walking through the nearby Sipsi River Wilderness area in the spring. I don't know if it reminds me of that. I don't know if the beer tastes like the Wilderness. But I will tell you, after walking you know twelve fifteen miles through that wilderness, I can tell you this would be one fine tasting beer to sit around a campfire and uh, be drinking after uh, a long a long day on the trail. But you know, from a twelve ounce can, I, I poured this thing into a perfect pint glass and it filled it up beautifully. Didn't run over it; just sat there. Um, when I drank mine it's a dark Amber Brown ale with a, it's got a kind of a tan Brown head and I love a beer that you can cut with a knife. And, uh, this one's almost there. So it, it reminds me a little bit of those beautiful Irish beers that I love to drink. And it's got plenty of staying power. It stays on the palate. I tell you what you can, uh, uh, it stays on in a good way. It just leaves a good, nice taste. It's a nice looking beer. It's got a little nose of a sweet and slightly peppery, bready malt. And um, I can get a taste of little sugar and molasses in there. So if you like a little bit of a sweet beer in those darker beers, uh, it will take care of uh, of that requirement there. In the mouth, there's a nice toasty, malty, dark sugar flavor up front with a bit of dry hops once you take it down. And it's a rich and creamy mouthfeel, so it's almost buttery when you drink it. And I'm telling you, this is a delicious beer. So, as far as does it taste like the Sipsy Wilderness, it does take me back to a campfire deep in the Sipsy with Bigfoot oh, in the trees, oh, yeah. knocking on those trees, baby. Oh, yeah. A crisp, cool breeze in the fall, a hunk of meat oh, yeah. cooked on a stick, and oh, yeah. total peacefulness under the stars. So, does it taste like the Pit Sipsy? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, I guess it does. Oh, yeah. So, that's my beer review for the week. And uh, cheers, Goat Island uh, Brewing Sipsy River Red Ale here's to you here's to you what are you guys drinking tonight anything around the table tonight
7: I'm drinking Creole Blue it's like a chocolate cacao mhm I got hooked on a couple of years ago and I really I have a cup every night it's like a chocolate it's not not caffeine and nothing like that but it's really nice to drink
0: just helps you set it set the mood and settle in and enjoy the night mm-hmm.
7: Yep, sure does.
0: i tell you what, that's great because I find out the older that I get, the more I like just settling in and enjoying reflecting on the day, and that's cool. Otisir, are you out there with us? Yeah, man. Otisir, you're not drinking those Coronas tonight, are you? Are you still out?
5: Oh, yes, I am.
0: You're drinking Coronas?
5: Oh, yeah, one. Having one today. Well, actually, that's- yeah.
0: Excellent because you know last time you got a little worked up about forging the uh 8670 steel and uh beating that perfect steel and we just want to make sure you got enough to keep you comfortable this week.
5: Oh, always. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was that was the best episode. I loved it. I love it when I love it when odysseer gets worked up. How about you, Eric?
6: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mentioned yeah. it in my video so I definitely it, it was a fun conversation <laughs> and, and, and
0: and then what's then what's eric start posting online all week he's got a stick of 86 beating <laughs> yeah. with a hammer Directly after. what do you think about that otis here yeah it's did you good. it's did cool i determine- mean
5: i saw the video i mean it's cool he made eric made a beautiful knife there i mean if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I mean, I, you know,
1: <laughs>
5: you know well, I, I can see Listen, Okay. Let me, let me put a small caveat there. Okay. I can see, I say right now I have a few strips of 5160. It is right. inch and a quarter wide. Okay. So it's not wide enough to make the, the style of knives that I like at least inch and a half wide at the, um, at the, at the widest part. uh so i can see maybe beating that one and sending it out towards the edge another half inch you know but
6: yeah bring your heel down
5: yep yep yep. yeah you know working something like that taking something that you don't have available and making and making it right yep other than yeah
0: i am so looking forward to seeing you turn into this great uh this great uh um guy that forges beautiful knives as a blacksmith i uh, i know you got (laughs) it in you you've mastered the other part of it so we're gonna see a lot of old car parts turning into some beautiful knives here in the next coming year i bet for sure yeah
5: yeah i started beating a piece of leaf spring last week and i sent you guys a picture on the chat you know it came out all right i have to do a little more (laughs) refining but uh i I can see a knife out of that yeah right now it looks like a a blackened banana
6: a butter yeah, knife. Uh, looks like a really good yeah. butter knife.
5: Yeah, so you know, it uh, needs a little more uh, refining. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: but honestly, it's an it looks like a knife type object right now and that's, you know, that's what yeah. you wanted to look, you know, you were headed for. And I was very tickled to see what you did because uh it, you know, I can see you got it in you. You look at Eric when he's, you know, beating steel into shapes and um you know, just knowing how to hit it that it's going to curve that you're going to go back and hit it here and it's going to bend back i mean that 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 just takes a lot of destruction and you know trying over and over so i could already yeah. we i think we all could already see that you've got the talent for it so that's wonderful Yeah, well i hope you're right
6: you got this man it just it just takes practice you know i've i've done so much forging at this point that You know, and before that, you know, I I did metalwork and woodwork prior to this. So I've always worked with stone, metal, wood, all that stuff. So, you know, knowing how to move material that just I've had a lot of practice with that. Once you get used to that, man, the amount of stuff that you can do. And uh the, the coolest part about it is like having the accomplishment of doing this last forge to finish knife was just seeing how close you can get things done with just a hammer and anvil and how clean everything turned out man it's just like there's a huge accomplishment like it's satisfying i guess you yes. could say yeah so it, it's you'll you'll get there plus the way that you do stuff i think that you're not going to have any issue getting it down and making just absolutely cool stuff that people are going to love
0: and i I'm, I would like to also add in here a little thing you guys don't know about me um two forged in fire uh in uzbekistan um that's actually where the very first forged in fire came out of and i was uh not only did I create the create it and produce it I was the um the lead judge on Uzbekistan's forged in fire it was pronounced <laughs> and and being able to see you uh, do what you're doing at the level you are now, I know that you're going to be a champion. Certainly right. in Uzbekistan. So, I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of things, those too. I've done a lot of things. A
6: lot of things. I mean, your resume is like 85 pages long. There, there's, there's Santa Claus checklist, mm-hmm. and then there's your resume. Yeah. Like Speaking it, of it's...
0: Santa Claus, I've never gotten anything my entire life because I've been one big liar. <laughs> I was going to say, I can...
4: I can smell his resume from here <laughs> 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 Ulz- <laughs>
0: bucket stand forged in fire, <laughs> nice it's nice I think. very
5: nice, very nice yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah instead of instead of saying it will kill, we always I always I coin the phrase it will conquer, you know, so because <laughs> you know, we we. We used to conquer other villages. So anyway, 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 it's very good. I have some exciting news for you guys. Have you guys noticed that Oleg over at KnifeWood.com has put a new warehouse and is able to ship right out of Philadelphia? So, uh, uh, yeah, Otis here, you can get his product probably within a day or two. But uh, instead of being three weeks out, Knife-Wood.com is is shipping out of the Philadelphia area to all points across the United States and probably other locations outside of that. And he makes some of the most beautiful wood-stabilized blocks you've seen out there, whether you're looking for special burls or just certain types of wood and you want colors or naturals, earth tones, um, ocean tones, uh, wacky tones. uh, I would just want you to know that – that uh, knife-wood.com, and that is knife-wood.com, and you go out there and you will see that Oleg is putting out a fine product, and he's supplying knife uh, handle material to some of the top names in uh, in knife making. So go out and take a look, see who he's making it for, and go look them up on their sites as well, because uh, he's got quite the real resume to um, to show. Uh, the quality products. Have you guys used any uh, Oleg wood here recently? Oh, yeah. I um, use it often.
5: Yeah, I did not. I mean, the last one I did was that uh, Warncliffe that yeah, I did I, that I made last week. Yeah. Uh, with the little greenish tones to it, and you know, really nice. Nice and dry. Yeah.
0: Well, I will tell you guys, you cannot go wrong with KnifeWood.com. And don't forget to put the dash in there. That's Knife-Wood.com and see what Oleg has to offer.
5: Yeah I, I I try getting into just uh, knifewood.com without any dashes to go to something completely different so you know got it you know don't forget to
0: but, put the dash that- in where does it take you? It's not Oleg's OnlyFans pages. <laughs> I mean, it could be. <laughs> Go and find that, out. That's, that's, some sexy, that's some sexy wood, I'm telling you. It's some sexy wood.
6: You got to diversify your portfolio. Uh,
0: I will tell you, the OnlyFans appears nowhere on my vast resume. <laughs> so. So, <laughs> so
6: one of the cool things that I'm going to be doing with Oleg is uh, I am going to be sending him probably about a dozen or so of my profiles and he's going to make uh, all of them. He's going to laser cut all of them out and make me like this booklet thing with mm-hmm. them. And uh, it's been pretty cool. We're, we're working on it right now and then uh, see what we can come up with. He gave me a really good idea. And I was like, okay, I think, I, I think I want to try this out. So to put we'll see
0: how like it goes. A portfolio or to put together like uh, samples or.
6: More or less like samples. So if oh, so cool. if I want to – if somebody wants to buy X amount of profiles or whatever, uh, they can actually get it almost like a sample booklet. And uh, yeah. so and what I'll probably do is I probably won't sell them, but I've been thinking about doing my Patreon account. And uh, oh, cool. i probably do a, a thing like that with my Patreon. And instead of you having to print something out, you'd actually get the, the wooden templates – Oh,
5: that's a, that's a really good idea.
0: Well, let me say this. You may not want to be posting them on online to all of us guys anymore because we've already got your (laughs) templates. So now I've got to go tear them all up. Thanks. But, uh, uh, I, I will tell you, there were so many beautiful designs in that. And of course I didn't, I didn't take them. They're your designs, but, um, yeah I, I see a great opportunity because uh you, you definitely got a creative uh avenue going as well as an opportunity to, to share that with other people so that we're not all going to dc knives and making the same the same knives from dc which is a great resource but we're not all you know we've used all those up so it's time for eric rivers to come clean and start making uh making some designs for the rest <laughs> of the world so that's exciting that's exciting Yep. Speaking of that being exciting news, let's jump into the news here. You guys ready for some knife news? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right, so welcome to the knife news. Who knew that there was so much news out there for knives? And first, we're going to take you back to our chopper, who uh, is uh, letting us know right now that uh, Luke Berry is still attempting to Connect his computer to uh, this episode of the Knives Templars. I've told him not, not to worry; it's just fine. The man went out, and bought himself a nice uh, MacBook, so just keep trying, and we'll get him in here or we won't. Back to the news. Hey, uh, I have an interesting story I pulled off of the internet this week. I don't ever want to post anything about knife violence; it's terrible. Gun, ni- you know, even stick or rock violence. I don't. I don't like violence in my life. But I found one here to, this week that I thought was cool. A man fights off a croc with a knife. And it was a quick-thinking man. And I would think, you know, Joey could probably tell you, you probably got to be thinking quick when there's alligators. But here's a quick-thinking man down in Australia. He used his knife to fight off a crocodile on Monday. And that's actually past Monday after the predator lunged at his boat and locked his jaws around his friend's head. The two men were crabbing aboard a fishing vessel near Horizontal Falls in the Kimberley region of Western Australia when the crocodile attacked. A tour operator for Horizontal Falls Seaplane Adventures told Australia News Outlet. Officials said it's believed that the reptile launched itself at the man and bit his head before the other man intervened. A man who says his son was involved in the incident said the croc lunged and grabbed one of them by the head while the other grabbed his knife and stabbed, 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 stabbed stabbed away at the croc. Now, those crocs have pretty thick skulls, too. That's that's quite interesting. But I guess he did it enough because both men were, were freed and they were flown to Broome Hospital over there in Australia for evaluation and treatment their current condition is not immediately known but uh, last thing that the um the doctor that saw them was crikey, is what he said he's said, crikey. so um following the attack wildlife officials warned the public that saltwater crocodiles are dangerous and they will launch themselves in your little vessels so guys if you got crocodiles or alligators be careful Jess, what about big pikes? Do you have to watch big pikes? Uh, no. Musky? No. No, just grab them no, right. We've
4: got, we've got sturgeon up here too, but they pretty much yeah. leave you alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is our knife news from around the world. Story number two. Hey, Eric Rivers, what's going on with that YouTube challenge update?
6: So uh, we've had a lot of people vote where, of course – you know, only a few days into the, the voting, so we still have a little while for people to go through and vote. But what was cool about this one is uh, we of course brought in a, a few people, and one of those people was Trollsky, and of course uh, he's whooping everybody's butt right now in the voting. Is he polls. really? But, is he really? Oh yeah, and uh, you know, which which is cool. You know that a lot of people don't know this about him, but that that man has been doing YouTube since like 2000. Twelve or something like that 2011 2012 and uh he's he's put in the put in the work over many years putting out knives and he's got a really good following of loyal people and uh they they voted for him so i i just i i commend that in his audience i think that that's absolutely epic when somebody has an audience that'll back him like that and
0: uh can so, i say something i gotta interrupt you again like i did last episode <laughs>
1: yeah
0: i love Trolsky. Man's a genius. Makes beautiful knives, beautiful audio, beautiful videos. Cooks a great steak and drinks a great bottle of brandy. Isn't that a crush crusher here? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's just it's R E S P E C T Otis here. That's respect. <laughs> respect. But you know, I've got a long resume, and I do lie about my resume to you guys, but I do not lie about a good knife. And I will tell you, I looked at every knife in the submission. I loved the um, the Wolverine type uh, armor hand. Yep. Uh, I loved everybody made beautiful knives, but I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm I'm your friend, Eric. But your knife was is is the most beautiful. And I understand that Trolsky's got a large following and I'm not knocking it. If the guy ever says, hey, buy me a steak, I'll buy him a steak and I'll just be tickled to do it. Even the 96er, even if he doesn't need it all, and I don't. he doesn't get it for free, I'll still buy him the 96er. But the bottom line is you made one beautiful knife. And if it doesn't win, I'm going to tell you what, uh, you know, I don't want to say anything inappropriate. I don't mean that. I'm just saying if it doesn't win, uh, you know, I can't believe it because it's it's that beautiful. Well, and Trotsky's knife kind of has some. You guys have some similar attributes to both of your knives. Yep. Um, I think that yours with the ex, the uh, excess and the etching that you did and the uh, the wrapping is it the copper wires and the and the yeah tooth and, and all? Copper. yeah and that little starburst in it. I mean, I would be I, I'm going to be so happy when you give me that knife.
5: <laughs> yeah, we're go- we're gonna have to fight for it. Huh?
6: <laughs> it was it was fun, and it was a fun uh, a fun challenge for me to, you know, try and design something that hasn't been designed. You know, there you can go on Google, and a- every type of knife that's you could imagine is has been designed, and trying to come up with something that was that if you Google it, it's the only one Uh, that, that was a, that was a fun task. But um, right now uh, it's pretty much teeter in between Uh, that got him and then myself and uh, uh, Nord artisan guy named Sven. He's the one that made the whip sword. Uh, Me and him are teeter in between second and third right now. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool though. But uh, the, Thing that I really liked a lot about this challenge is, you know, we had brought on the viewer challenge, the last one. So for the dagger challenge. So we brought on viewers to be able to compete against each other uh, within the challenge. And, you know, Matt rich was one of the runner ups for that. Um, He made a beautiful dagger, but this go around the amount of fantasy builds and the amount of stuff that people made is just awesome. I think we had 21 people. And uh, there were some really cool uh, competitive builds. There's a guy that did like his whole entire sword was all like CNC'd and it was multiple pieces of uh, like brass and copper and all these different things that all bolted together. And uh, that that was really cool. Um, And then he made a ridiculous sheath that looked like it came out of some catalog uh, that (laughs) just fit it like like it was a Lego piece clicking to each other. It was crazy. Right. Um, and, uh, but yeah, just seeing these people do this and and then the same thing with the guy who made the the Wolverine claw thing, you know, he'd only ever made like one knife.
0: I know. He, was he, that- he, do,
6: he does blacksmithing and stuff like that, but knife making is not his thing. And man, that freaking gauntlet with those Wolverine claws was one of my favorite things of the whole competition. I want to punch stuff with it and like slice up a watermelon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I,
0: will, I, I will tell you, I will tell you, um, you know, since it's, it's not a traditional looking knife, but also following the, the theme of the, of, of this particular challenge, uh, it was, it was, it fits in it just fine yes it um, does and i would love to own that thing because you know i'm not not a big uh comic-con type person or anything but i've always loved x-men movies and wolverine and even the comics when i was a kid and that's just like that that should be used in a movie like you know wolverine loses his ability to yeah. generate his bone or his metal so uh you know uh whoever the blacksmith makes him that that he can use just temporarily until he can get his powers back. I don't know. It was just really yeah. cool. It was really, it was the coolest. I, 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 if I ever need a plate, a suit of plate armor on, that's the guy to go to.
6: Yeah. I mean, he did a great job. And the fact that the, the knuckles and the, you know, the finger bumps and all that were so defined all the yeah. way through there was just, was really cool. And I got to give him credit for that. Um, but yeah, this, this definitely pushed a lot of us and it pushed, some people out of their comfort zones, people that hadn't made any type of fantasy thing, you know, people who make more traditional knives, they make a lot of buoys, a lot of, you know, drop point, just simple EDCs that have real clean lines. And then they had to go and try and figure out how they were going to make some fantasy build. And it, it pushed a lot of their, their limits on, what they were comfortable with making. And I appreciate it whenever knife makers have to get pushed out of their, their comfort zone and, uh, try and come up with something unique and, uh, yeah, not their style, which is pretty cool. And then, you know, then apply their style to that. So it is completely unique and individual to them, but also outside of the realm of what they typically do. I I love it when people do that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, when you did the voting and, and I did vote, um, And uh, I will tell you, they said, well, what is your recommendation for the next Knife Makers Challenge? Y'all recall that that's in there in the voting, I would assume. Yep. So uh, I filled in the blank. Do you guys know what I put in? You ready?
6: Uh, I'm going to go with chopper.
0: Nope.
6: (laughs) Then it was a spear. Nope. Here we go. Oh, really?
0: A a petty knife.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you, you filled in the other. The
6: yeah. other thing, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, uh, I, I learned the term petty knife this past couple of weeks when I made a knife for somebody. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh, it's a petty knife. So uh, I, I want to see the petty knife challenge, which is basically the midly <laughs> the mid the length kitchen utility knife. So we'll see if you guys. How? Have... <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Jess is holding one up. Uh, the petty knife challenge. It just sounds cool.
6: Yeah, the That's petty cool. knife challenge. I don't, that, I that think... would be actually
0: a good play on words. Yeah, I think everybody, when they see that one, he'll just go, "What?" But anyway, anyway, it's cool. It's cool. Well, I'm glad to see that's going, and I'm glad to see you up where you are. And um, um, I do, I do believe there, there is some, you know, um, popularity has a lot to do with this as well. And um, uh, you know, didn't you say that the winners kind of go up to another category or something after? They yes. Won? Oh, so the top
6: good. four, the top four from this challenge will compete with the winner of the current top five. so the, the judges, there's five of them. Uh, the top four from this challenge uh, will compete against the winner of the the, the judges on the, the next challenge that we do, and they will be uh, judges for the the you know the 20 right. knife makers as well right. Well, excellent.
0: There. Well guys, that's all the news. Two weeks. We'll have some more. Hopefully it won't be crocodile attacks in, in people's heads. Hey Don, what have you been up to down there in Florida the past couple of weeks? I've been in
7: well, I've been making some knives, but I've really been enjoying this cool weather we got, man. I woke yep. up this morning it was like forty nine degrees. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really good down here for us.
0: Did you did you get your were you able to find your parka from nineteen seventy two last time you needed one? Uh <laughs> in florida (laughs) i
7: tell you what man for floridian by me if it's 70 degrees in the in the shade man i have to grab a coat that's just how bad i am but it's been nice though it's been really nice i've been looking forward to it so
0: it's all relative though because when you get those people from massachusetts coming down there in the summer and they look like they're all about to have a heart attack and you guys are just running around like nothing so you know (laughs) It, it's cool. I'm glad y'all are getting a little bit of cool weather. We've all we've all needed a break. So uh, you've put out some pretty knives here lately. What you been making?
7: Well, I got a couple orders for a couple knives uh, this week, so I'm, I'm gonna go back to. I got a couple stainless knives I'm gonna be making. So um, uh, putting some, I'm gonna be putting some micarta on them. One on micarta. One's gonna be a poured a poured uh, scale that right. i do and um a little EDC knife something yeah. kind of clean simple
0: you know so uh, not you, too big you know i've seen kind of a a, um, a movement lately towards people making knives on the smaller scale seven inches or less things that they can kind of you know it it's hard to wear a, a nine or ten inch uh, overall length blade every day walking around um, I think people sometimes might feel intimidated by seeing somebody like that because they don't understand our, our passion <laughs> for what we do. But... Um... I, uh, I've seen more of a trend towards people starting to make some smaller knives. As a matter of fact, um, I've had some people request um, some really nice leather sheath, just miniature knives that look like the full size knives. And I'm going to try and do some of that, uh, for some folks that are some backpacking people. So I'm, I'm tickled with that. I don't know if I, if that's what I would say would be a, uh, an everyday carry type knife, but I have seen that trend going down. So it's Mm kind of cool. looks like you're doing some of that.
7: Yeah, Been nice.
0: You taking care of the pool for us?
7: I'm fixing to get a. I called a guy in. He he came out and gave me a quote on a new liner for my pool. So the next yeah. by the next month, I'll be getting a new liner in there. So getting yeah. it cleaned up and, and getting it done before spring for next year.
0: You don't have that dye that turns blue, if uh, you know, in your pool, do you? No, I don't. Oh, good. I just want to make sure if I ever come down, <laughs> right I didn't want to have to worry about that. So. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so, uh, Luke, are you connected with us?
3: I'm connected. Uh, unfortunately, I have a pretty low battery, so I don't know how long I'll be able to
0: oh, stick in gosh. here. Oh, my gosh. Well, let's let you get it in, man. i tell you what. Last time you were on and off and on and off. So, I know. Uh, no, no. I'm just saying, you know, when I went to put that episode together, I hope I put you in the right spots because <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had like 17 recordings of luke and i spent literally a half a day piecing them into the episode and uh, so if you uh, if someone said uh luke that's a knife knife you <laughs> made and you went no you know it's not my fault i just <laughs> put your <laughs> audio in the right spot. place so we don't lose you what's going on until we lose you again what's going on at um and if we do lose you make sure you upload this stuff buddy i will, um, I will. <laughs> What's go- What's going on at Pops? I saw you got married recently.
3: Well, no. I uh, unfortunately had to miss our guild meeting that we held at Pops last weekend. I was oh a, a, a groomsman in a wedding over in South Carolina, which I'm glad I was able to attend. It was very beautiful. Um, it was in the mountains in South blah, Carolina. Blah, blah,
0: blah, blah, blah. Did yeah. they have good beer? Did they have good beer?
3: As far as I can remember, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. did uh, Did you find your future wife while you were there? Oh, no, 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 no. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Luke, Luke, are, are you are you betrothed to anybody? I don't think I've ever asked.
3: At the moment, I am only um, committed to knife making. That's just kind of what I'm focused on at the moment.
0: Well, with a face like that, I can understand why. So don't yeah. think bad about it. I think that's just your calling is knife making.
3: <laughs> it's like a beaver shoot on it, right? Well...
0: I don't know. Your, I'm sure just like me your mama your mama thinks you're beautiful. She sure hey, does. Hey, you're a good-looking guy. Especially I like that. I'm digging that that haircut. I was surprised you didn't come back with a with a a future wife from that particular event. Nah. So what have you what have you been doing besides knife making, buddy?
3: Well, right before I left for the wedding, I was actually gifted a 12-ton hydraulic press. So I have been frantically Ooh. trying to get everything together to start squishing together some hot steel.
0: I'd I have one question though. Who sure. gave that to you? Who gifted that to you?
3: Uh, hopefully someone that will be on the No, show no, 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 soon. no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. Don't say their name. Don't say their name. Okay. Do they have room for one more friend?
3: That I do not know. I was only well, aware of one press that was available. For right, the well, getting. I don't care.
0: Just find out if they got room for one more friend because they've got a good heart. So I, yeah, they, no. no,
3: they do. They told me that uh, you know there was a lot of people that helped them get started in knife making, and uh, he wanted to be the same sort of individual for me, help me get started. Oh, wow. So that's awesome. Very, man. That's yeah, awesome. very yeah. thankful. I never thought I, I'd get that my
0: I I I can't troll. Trulski is just the nicest guy. For him to send that over to you like that, I mean, <laughs> Much wow, fun. Bunga. You know, that's just great. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Trolsky, Let me guess. Was it uh, Was it one of the four owners?
3: Definitely not.
0: <laughs> wasn't one of the four owners. Who was it then?
3: It was Mr. Joshua Fisher. Very thankful for the man. It was Don? Yeah, yeah, it was
0: Don. <laughs> All Don did was sharpen your knife when you were there. Hey, he was a great help fun. with that. If you want to be his friend, you're going to have to do better than you're going to do better than sharpening knives. This guy's got friends out there that give him presses. <laughs> lucky man, lucky man. <laughs> so, uh, how's the how's the uh how's the lion the lion killer thing going? I've seen lots of uh, lots of uh, entries or a uh, lot yeah, of Walter Searles released people his. Submitting their, their beautiful. released. Yeah, yeah uh, a lot of
3: really good uh, entries so far into the so-called competition. Um, I made one that I didn't believe was of quality enough for the competition. So I kept that for myself. don't know if y'all saw my right. Instagram post today. I know Don saw it. He, uh, he yeah. dropped a comment on it, but, uh, I did, uh, actually a set of scales that I got from Don. It was maple burl, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, I did some brass liners on it with a tapered tang, uh, full distal taper, um, works really well on deer meat. I tested that out today. It definitely got
0: a job. That's right. Well, we'll we'll catch us up on that as well because uh, I uh, I do believe that uh, did you went out and shot a deer? Did they put that that out in like one of those dog pen cages for you to to take? Or
3: no, 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 <laughs> no. high fences over here, man. Just uh, oh, like a
0: nine by nine high fence, and said, "Go, Luke, go."
3: Yeah, jump in there with a spear and get it done. <laughs> Where, where'd you where'd you get your deer, Luke? Where'd you get your deer? I was over at a buddy's house. Um, he lives over in Buford.
0: Oh, so you got it, you got it real close to where you're at.
3: Yeah. Not, not really, not very far. Um, yeah. I was very, uh, thankful to be able to go over there and harvest one on his property. You know, oh, I, wow. I told him I have a bunch of deer meat for you. So if I give you some meat, just let me come back.
0: That is wonderful. Um, the, uh, now after you killed the fawn, did you take the mother as well? No <laughs> fawns uh, included. <laughs> well, only the No, <laughs> it was a beautiful deer I saw. I actually um, uh, was quite impressed that you were the guy, the first guy I knew that took a deer this year. So, you know, I you know why I give you a hard time.
3: What's that?
0: Your parents raised you right. I haven't seen anything wrong with you that I can make fun of. So I just kind of have to wing it.
3: Not yet, at least.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we'll find out these things. I will tell you, I here's 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 i've been down in south alabama all week but i made up for it today today i uh cranked out two knives because i've got i've got one that i've got to get to a guy that's going to take it uh opening gun season down in south alabama so he wants to uh to have a, a chip knife to do that with and uh And then while I was at it, I was like, oh, wow, I've got this forge, and I've got all these cool tools that you guys turned me on to over the last year of of expanding. I was like, I can make more than one knife at a time. Watch this. So I uh, probably make several more than I did, but I cut out a second one today in about a half hour and was ready to grind it. Within an hour, I had a knife to fire. And uh, so I I did that. But while I was at it, this is the rest of my day. This is the exciting part. I picked up a... (laughs) Crossbow. Now, I've never been bow hunting, and um, and I'm going to buy a bow after bow season as soon as the uh, prices, you know, will come down. But I have a person that uh, loaned me a very, very nice bow, and uh, I've got a target out back, and um, I, he, I also, um, he gifted me a brand new blind um, that I'll use at some point in time. So today I ended up with a crossbow, a blind target, some bolts, and uh, I'm going to sight that in tomorrow and I'm ready to go because we've got some property down in South Alabama. A few weeks ago, we went down there and built a um, bridge with a couple telephone poles and ran the cross beams uh, across it and uh, seeded all the land. So I'm eager to go down there and harvest a deer this year. But here's the piece de resistance, if I said that right. You ready, guys? I went by Biford's. I went by Biford's here in, uh, in, uh, Hartzell, Alabama. And they are ordering for me a SIG P320 compact nine millimeter. Be here in five days. I'm excited. I'm excited. So yeah, actually got a great price on it. So um so it's just been an exciting day. Ended up with a crossbow, targets, a gun, made two knives and uh and got to uh drink my last two Sipsy River red ales, and I gifted one to the guy that was coming out doing my termite uh, uh annual inspection. So he was tickled with that as well. So it's just been a good good day. It's it's been a wonderful day. But uh that's all I got. Odyssey, you what have you been up to?
5: Um Been busy myself as well Um, since we last uh, been together. Yeah. I got to uh, make three knives. I got to see a judge from Forging Fire who judged my knives.
0: Oh, yeah. That was wonderful.
5: Um, I got to be at the uh, Bill Moran uh, Museum and Knife Show uh, past weekend. All around, a real great experience, you know. Um, You
0: look like a happy man in pictures this past week or so.
5: Oh yes, I was. I was. uh, You know, when you um, when you present your knife to a friend or a family member, you know, everybody says, "Oh, it's cool. It looks nice. It's beautiful." But it's like asking uh, Quasimodo's mom if he is good looking, right? So you really want? Don't
0: bring me into this, Otis. Here, do not <laughs> so bring you... me into this.
5: <laughs> so you really want some um, exterior um, opinions, right? So I got lucky that when I got to the show, who's there? Jay Nielsen himself, right? Yeah. And uh, after the line of autographs, winded down. I was able to come up to the table, have a little chit chat and I had him um, judge and critique seven of my seven of my knives. And I am happy to say, man, that he really liked it. You know, he grabbed every knife and he was rubbing his fingers on the handle and the guard and looking at the fittings and uh, blade alignment. Edge, geometry, and everything. And the best compliment that he could ever give me was, when you put a table next year, you will have no trouble selling anything that you have.
0: Huh, right? We all do that. That's wonderful and, you to get that um, reassurance from him.
5: And, uh, you know, it was really nice. I mean, you know, he looks like a, a, a tough person on the show but yeah. in person man the guy is you know he's uh for lack of a better word he seems very um very nice and approachable okay you yeah. know i had no no misgivings uh, uh you know coming closer and talking to him you know it so when are you
0: going real... to have him on this show um I'll, was... <laughs> 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 i'll give it a try <laughs>
6: I know you checked out my knives, and that's the last time we talked. But can we get you on our podcast? I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I know that you were on try. Forged
0: in Fire, but I've got something bigger and better to discuss yeah. with you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it was it was really nice, and I had a, a, a several. I didn't know that Maryland had these many, but there's a lot of uh, master smiths in Maryland, and they had a lot oh. of them uh, at, at that little show. It's a small show, right? It's right. you know, it's only I think the seventh. Uh, edition of the show so it's been growing uh and oh, i had wonderful. several of that. them just uh you know kind of critique my knives and <laughs> i had one of them uh guys you know i handed my knife with uh inside the sheets and everything and he draw the knife he looked at the knife he looked at me he looked at the knife and he looked at me you know like <laughs> i don't know what was that about he was no way this knives. little
0: bald headed man who who flunked my car can make these beautiful knives. He actually he actually <laughs> inspected his car, Otis here. He's maybe. <laughs> maybe you never know. <laughs> well let me let me ask let me ask you this. Um what what and if you don't mind, you don't have to answer. Did they did they find anything wrong with your knives? Not really. Good. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Not really.
5: I, the only thing that I can say that um that he said uh jay Newton said was in one of my knives went where i did my um museum fit on the bottom part where yeah. your indicator goes had a little bit of extra material there than the sides on the top but other than that i mean it was you know he really liked it
0: Well, did you tell him that i'm an artist and how dare you <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't yeah. that a moment. That wasn't the time for that. By that me. wasn't the time for that.
5: I mean, I was, uh I, you know, I was just happy that somebody of that caliber can just, you know, handle something of mine and give me a good uh critique, right? That's, well, I'm
0: happy for you. Yeah.
5: Oh, that's I was right. happy. You know, I was tickled so, to death, man. I on the drive home. You know, I had a smile year to year. My wife was looking at me like, wow, you're happy right now. I said, oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) I can see Otis here driving down the highway outside Washington, D.C., holding his knives out the Holding a knife out the window with his car going, he loved
4: my knife. He loved my knife, and, <laughs> so, and
0: all the people can see is some guy screaming something they can't hear, and he's waving <laughs> knives at the other car, cars. going down Washington D.C.
6: <laughs> so, did he do an edge retention test on him? That he, if he smashed him through some antler and blocks of ice,
5: he had none of that stuff, right? So, I wish, <laughs> I wish I handled them. That uh, that bigger one, I did um, mustard edge. He really yeah. liked that one. I mean, he was fiddling that one and shaking it in his hands and feeling it and the weight and the balance and everything. He he really digged that one. I mean, it was yeah, like like I said, I was happy. Really That's happy. That's
6: awesome, man. Great knife maker, for sure. Yep. And, um, and I uh, got and to join
5: Yeah, I got to join the uh the Bill Moran um association there. So next year when they have the 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 knife show. I'll be able to have my own table, right, good. and good put all my uh, my stuff in there. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, good. man. That's I awesome. Had Absolutely a... awesome. And then this week I got to uh, make my own um, lion killer. And um, yesterday I got to go through a lot of uh, deer meat with it. Beautiful slicer.
0: Why did you and... get to go through a lot of deer meat? Did you take a deer, or did you uh, just? Go to the freezer.
5: No, I um, at, at, a, at a friend's farm, I yeah. um, I put a boat right through the rib cage of a big old fat dough, and um, you know, I do all Very my processing, much. you know, I, I do all my uh, the processing myself, right? Yeah, Now That's gutter awesome. and quarter over there, um, put it on a ice chest, covered with ice, left it in there for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And then last night when I got home, I went to work on it and nicely packaged and ready for the vacuum sealer and uh, the freezer.
0: Did Damn. you use one of the um, uh, Chris Jones uh, anus knives on that? Day? <laughs> <laughs> no. Is he the, maker of the original maker of the anus knife? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I remember that,
0: yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah. I was, mean, that ain't nothing to it, man. You know, I've done enough that you don't really need a special knife <laughs> for the anus. You know, you can use your regular <laughs> Skinner.
1: <laughs>
0: so, talk to us a little bit about this anal preparation surgery. You know, hemorrhoid thing you're doing with the down there. What is the?
5: Well, the the problem is you have the. Um, <laughs> uh, the I think the proper term is a uh, column, right? Of the deer, and there's there's usually something in there, right? What's in there? What's in in there? A big old green turd, usually. Oh, oh, turd removal. Okay, gotcha. So (laughs) you don't want to just go ripping into it, and then you have a little uh, green uh, M&M floating on your meat, and it's not good for you, right? So you got to cut around and pull everything in, you know, no mystery to it, you know, and... Remove all the uh, the innards.
0: Yeah, I think this is called proctology.
5: Yeah, yeah. I could like have been it. a surgeon, you know.
0: Sounds like it. Sounds like it.
5: Sounds
6: like it. Instead, you fill all the surgeons' cars. You're
0: trying to get <laughs> <spend it>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be taking them. I'll be taking them leaf springs because nobody hammers already made steel as far as, as you I'm go. concerned. So. No so yeah, I man.
5: I had I had a lot of fun this week. It was It was cool.
0: It sounds like you're back because last time you was a little down, your son had taken off, and he's doing well in the military. I've seen his happy pictures, and uh, it sounds like Odesir is back and happy, and I know you love and miss your son and, and proud of him at the same time, but that's wonderful because I hear Odyssey back again. can't beat yeah, that with a stick.
5: Yeah. One thing that I did get uh, imported was this massive monster file guide. Yeah. Uh, I have never seen, uh, one of these made in America. I had to special order it from Brazil when my sister was coming in, uh-huh. uh, last week and I will be happy to use this thing, man. It's just, I mean, the, the, the listeners can't see it, but take a look at that monster there. Okay. It's
0: uh... how, uh, well, I, we can't see you right now. Cause your, your connection speeds a little, little low, but, uh, we'll take your word for it. Um,
2: the, put it uh, what in do the you pay
0: chat. for? Yeah, what? Yeah, put it in the chat. What do you pay for uh, a file guide like that out of Brazil, if you don't mind me asking?
5: Uh, because my sister brought it to me. All I had to do was pay for the purchase there. It was $150. Well, that's not bad. Uh, the problem, if you buy it from here and they ship it here, it's probably going to double in price due to uh, shipping and handling and whatever. So I don't think it is worth it. If somebody yeah. wants to buy it, uh, the, the, the problem I see with most file guides is that they are too uh, narrow. Even those that use, a, um, uh, what you call it, the, um, the, the, that insert, the carbide inserts, they're very right. narrow. So I was having trouble um, putting on the shoulders for my tang because the file kept rocking side to side, this right. one is almost an inch wide, right? So the file sits perfectly flat on top on both sides. It and doesn't no bend or flex. Yeah, that's one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No bending yep. or flexing. No bending reflections. So this so, is it's 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 uh each one is this, almost as um an inch square, right? So it is a monster, It's pretty beefy.
0: So how are you going to kill a bear with that tiny little antler knife you made?
5: Oh yeah, that was um uh, my answer to your challenge you made it me. a was beautiful, uh, you know, but, but, weeks but back, uh, you
0: know. Uh the first remark I saw somebody made is, "Otis, oh, how are you going to kill a bear with that?" When we talked, you know, last time it was like I only make big knives for, you know, the bears and it's like Here's the spot. secret. Yeah, you This one is point.
5: um this one is meant for killing um stuffed bears.
0: Got you. Got you. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, somebody on a trail cam um <laughs> took a picture of a, uh, of a bear with their, um, moultrie cam and, uh, down in South, uh, Alabama, about 40 miles from where my deer camp is. And I have never seen such a hairy elephant in my life. I didn't realize that they came that big down in, in, you know, the Florida strain I've seen bears that big come out of, uh, the North Carolina mountains and, you know, Tennessee river area and everything, but gosh, it was huge. So, um, I went out and bought a nine millimeter. I'm not even going to try and fight it with a with a knife because uh, the record for stabbing a bear before you d- die is uh, minus one. It just doesn't happen. So
5: well, I have something to tell you this week. You know, talking about the knife news and stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was this guy up in uh, somewhere hiking, and he got attacked by um by a grizzly or something. Wow! And he got chewed up pretty bad, uh, but his friend got to jump on the bear and you know beat him off or out of his uh of his friend so i don't know if he Old, had a knife two, or not two knife. young
0: guys yeah two young guys yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I you saw that, that right
5: yeah. i mean yeah. if he had a knife he could have had a, a nice beautiful bear rug by now
4: <laughs> <laughs> a holy bear rug you,
0: yeah i mean well, you know I, I saw i saw the revenant and i saw that he finally took care of that bear in that movie with uh uh, with his big knife and he didn't look too good afterwards so i don't know hey I don't know. Least, they still they won the to fight survive. yeah yeah still won the fight that's all it that counts at the end yeah man so just hey like well that's killer. all that's all the news that's all the activities so i have a feeling it's time for us to do our favorite thing every two weeks and that's going to the maker's mark by pop's knife supplies
2: Pops Knife Supply was started 40 years ago and is owned by four professional knife makers. Andy Roy of Fiddleback Forge, Alan Searles of W.A. Searles Knives, Joey Berry of J.B. Knifeworks, and Dirk Lutz of Dirk Lutz Knives make a great team of owners carrying on the traditions and business started by James Poplin. Over four decades in business is a testament to the best customer service with same-day shipping on weekdays. Pops only charges actual shipping, and any shipping differences are refunded on your orders. Everything you need to make knives, from grinding, steel, penstock, heat treating, and more, can be found at Pops. Visit them at popsknife.supplies. And now, back to the show. All
0: right, guys. Well, uh, hey, Jess Hoffman, how are you this evening, sir?
4: Doing wonderful.
0: And uh, you are coming to us from wisconsin this evening as part of the pops makers mark and we've known about you for a few months now uh, you've been in our um pops knife supply uh group on uh, uh not facebook what is that instant messenger facebook yeah, Instant messenger. messenger. yeah that's yeah. it yeah. so uh we we finally have been able to get you on here so tell us a little bit about yourself
4: I live up in Shauna, Wisconsin, so I'm about uh, half an hour west of Green Bay. Um, That's anybody has an idea where that is. Uh, I do. Back in 2011, I went to YouTube to try to learn how to sharpen a knife and uh, fell down this rabbit hole and have been trying to dig myself out of it ever since. And um, just uh, it, it was YouTube that kind of got me to the point where I saw that people were making custom knives and something I wanted to try.
0: Did you ever get that knife sharpened?
4: Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> no, no problem sharpening knives now. Uh, i like to ask this so, question.
7: What was your, what was your YouTube channel? Who'd you watch the kind of who you followed on YouTube?
4: To tell you the truth, I, I don't even remember um, one, one specifically, um, I, I just, uh, I just know that it was just kind of surfing YouTube that, that got me going or got me pointed in the right direction. And yeah. then I, um, at, at one of the local gun shows, I was, I was set up there at the time. I was, um, a, uh, a, a, a firearms manufacturer and, um, I, I, I found this old older gentleman, Ron Hembrook, and he had custom knives. And I sat and talked with him, and he kind of told me how he how he made them and stuff. And that was kind of my first introduction into custom knives. But that was probably back in uh, 2009 or 2010, probably.
0: Cool. And you know, we can we can find your knives at J. Hoffman Knives. That's J. H O F F M A N com. And uh, how long have you had your website up? Because this is a beautiful website.
4: Um, that one has been, I, I redid that one probably two years ago. Uh, otherwise, I've, I've had the website for probably um, seven or eight years.
0: You can hear what's your favorite piece of equipment that you've got?
4: Um, I, I like my grinders, and I have a hard time picking between um i I think probably my favorite one is uh my my burking bba 20
0: yeah yeah i was gonna say you you've got you've got a ton of burking burking equipment here that's a big old how big is the wheel on that i guess it's a a 20 inch 20 inch inch wheel yeah Mm -hmm. so do you do a lot of uh hollow grinds or what 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 would you say defines your styles
4: uh i don't know that i have defined my style yet um I I do a lot of flat grinds for my kitchen knives and stuff like that for, um, for smaller knives. Yeah. I do put that big hollow, that big 20 inch hollow on. Mm.
0: So have you been involved with, uh, are you involved in uh, any of the particular societies or or any of the professional organizations associated with knife making?
4: So I am um, a founding member and the past secretary of the Midwest knife makers guild. Cool. Which is a five hundred one C three. We are a teaching organization. Yeah, and that's all. It's um, it's really set up just to um, to help help makers improve.
0: Wow. Well, I will tell you, I'm going to table two DD at Blade Show June second, fourth, two thousand and twenty three. Shake your hand because. I definitely want to see these knives so you've got I'm, I'm looking at your schedule um you know you've you've got uh five or six things lined up for these this year uh from ohio georgia wisconsin uh, minnesota um you you have really taken this to another level now is is this your full-time job or because it certainly looks like it
4: no it's just a a, a part-time gig um i do this year I'm set to do about 130 knives. Um, oh wow! But, um, yeah, it's still still part time. Six years, uh, six months, and three days until retirement. Not that I'm counting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm. I've got. Uh, I've got about seven or eight years left myself. I see that you are really involved in the knife making community. I've seen some of your YouTube videos that you've put out. Um, the, you, you seem to be a master of what you're doing. Uh, so here, I've been asking questions, uh, as I'm learning to become a better knife maker. Um, and I'm just curious, everything you do is all freehand ground. Uh, you're beyond any jigs or anything like that. Or wh- how do you, how, what is your method for making your knives?
4: Um, yeah, I was I was taught freehand. Um and and that's pretty much what I've uh-huh. what I've done. Um I, I do use a jig for one of my kitchen knives for my uh uh my Glosserick. It's a, a vegetable cleaver. But it's it's kind of yeah. funny because the guy that taught me how to freehand grind a, a couple of years ago, he's like, Hey, I bought a jig. This thing has changed my life. <laughs> so i i went and bought a jig and um yeah it it didn't change my life i i I use it for for that one model pretty much
0: now is the bowler is that a particular model that you make b-o-h-l-e-r
4: that that's uh, steel. That's a that's, oh, that's uh, bowler Udaholm, the oh, uh, steel okay. manufacturer. Okay,
0: because um, I am looking at one with it says macad- macadamia, and uh, I am just looking at the quality of the grinds. Um, the it's just so smooth. It's transition. It's it's almost like they're they're molded uh, rather than than tooled and and ground out and so on. It's just such a unique. Uh, what what is do you um, I, I guess our, our, you, you mentioned the guildness, that and the other. Do you have a journeyman or master or anything along those lines? Given no, the, no. Just taking a look at what you've got?
4: Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, wow. I presented my knives to, to get my signatures for the Knife Makers Guild at Blade Show this year. Um, so uh-huh. next year I can I can apply to be a uh, probationary member in, in the guild okay Uh, but uh yeah i've got some improvements to do you know before i before i get that rating
0: so with that i mean i I certainly am a member of the american uh blade society and uh and i'm so far away from that i've only been a member for a couple years but even from a skill set standpoint i i look at it and i think there's a nice professional professional designation and it's great i would never um say anything negative about achieving those designations, but I've seen there's so many great, excellent makers that just haven't taken that particular step. Even like with Otisier's knives, uh, it just seems like it'd be such an easy transition. Of course, I did talk to one of the, what, 49 or 50 or whatever guys that got their journeyman this particular year, a record year, Um, but it doesn't look like to me that you would have uh, too much difficulty stepping over area just given your skill sets just so professional looking
4: yeah it's just um i i don't know so, i i see myself a long ways away from from getting one of those number one i don't forge. i'm a i'm a stockable guy so um that's a that's right. a big yeah. part right there
0: yeah well you're an extremely humble guy too i can also tell from that what do you think oh, eric have you. you uh taken a look at these
4: you're welcome oh
6: yeah absolutely beautiful Absolutely
5: beautiful knives. I have a, a technical question on, uh, I've been looking through your um, Instagram account and yeah. most all of your knives, they have a, a curved plunge line right next to the yeah. ricasso. There's a little, uh, I always thought about doing it. I, you know, I like it. It, it looks pretty. I just don't know how to, uh to go about it. I mean, I've done it accidentally before where I'm pushing the blade and pulling at the same time towards a, uh, one direction, right? So it makes those yep. half circle lines. I don't know if that's the same thing that you do, but I'm scared to death of uh, messing something up. And the,
4: those those grind lines, um, you had said you did it by accident and that's kind of how I um, happened upon it. But um, I, I grind backwards from what most people do. And, um, and, and then I, I start at the tip and I, I grind flat all the way back to my ricasso. And I, I just grind um, a quarter inch at a time. And what that allows me to do is it, it allows me to always have a very flat index against my platen or against my wheel um, I, I don't get any facets or anything like that in my grinds. And I don't ever get the two inch mark in my grinds because of that. Hmm. And that, that curved oh, wow. plunge line is, is kind of uh, an effect of um, how I grind and, and how I work that, that grind back to the plunge line.
5: Yeah, uh, it it looks it looks nice. It's a very nice detail, you know. It's uh, all my uh, all my plunge lines are straight, and uh, Mm -hmm. lately I've been using a lot of uh, file guides just so I can have a perfect, crisp plunge line, right? Uh, But the way you do it in there, probably freehand, no uh, file guide or anything, and it it looks Mm -hmm. it looks nice. It's something that I would like to try at some point, you know. Congratulations, It's, it's really nice.
4: Well thank you. That's a
7: great yeah, comment. I like it a lot. Yeah, Jess, you also have a um YouTube channel too, right?
4: I do. Um I, I put up a couple of videos here and there and uh I, I live out in the sticks and we just recently got internet to the point where I can actually um watch YouTube and, and download stuff. Otherwise it was always um, you know, having to having to go to my wife's store and um and use her internet or something like that, but
1: yeah,
4: uh, yeah. And, and I've got a video on there of how I grind, and I, I know I've taught that at a couple of uh, hamberens just because it's um, it, it's kind of bass awkward to how most people grind.
5: Uh, what, what's your YouTube channel again?
4: I, I think it's Jay Hoffman Knives, Jay. if I'm if I'm not mistaken.
5: Jay Hoffman. Yeah,
4: I think so. I I. Never remember
5: that stuff. Let me see. <laughs> you you don't age, sit there and like...
4: look at your
6: own YouTube videos. No, <laughs> uh, I, I get it.
5: I think I found it. A uh, Jazz Hoffman, just Jazz yep, Hoffman.
7: Yeah.
5: All right, man. Oh, oh, um, oh! There it is.
0: Yep, you've got a new stalker, Jazz. <laughs> oh, excellent! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, just well, I'll just you just. Sub... Pe- Yeah,
5: I got you. So you got a new sub on your YouTube and a new follow on uh, Instagram. So yeah, cool. uh, I like to. uh, I like to do that.
4: (laughs) Otis sir, do you go to Blade Show? Uh,
5: I went for the first time this past one. um, Planning on going on the next, and uh, you know.
4: Okay. Cool. I hope hope I can see you down there.
5: Yeah, man. Uh, you know, now we're on the same uh, chat group, so we can uh, see where you where you are and I'll swing by and uh, you know say hello.
4: Cool. Yeah, yeah we'll man.
0: just we'll just bring some fold out chairs and sit down with you when you're not looking. We'll sell our that's, knives. Just, just, I, you've I, already I, paid for the <laughs> table. I know that Blade Show frowns on that, but I mean, hey, you
1: know. Yeah, whatever.
0: <laughs> so are you okay. going to be? So have you you have you pr- have you had a table at Blade Show before?
4: Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, um, I think 2018 was my first. Oh, okay. So do you, year.
0: do you go down and, you know, in the evenings when everybody, what do you call it when everybody goes down into the? What's I've, the term?
4: I've gone to the pit once.
0: Pit, pit there we go, yeah.
4: Yeah, and um, I don't know. It, to me, it, whenever I'm done with the show for the day and you go and get dinner and I'm just so tired that, by the time right. I, get, I get done with dinner, I don't feel like driving back to the to the Waverly. This year, I actually splurged and I got a room at the Waverly. Right. Uh, so I, I can just walk out of my hotel room and, and walk into the pit. So I'm really hoping to, hoping to get down there a little more. I have
0: found that Blade Show is a great place to lose weight and get a lot of exercise walking uh, outside yeah. of the uh, event. Oh, yeah. That is yeah. true. Yeah, no, no. no. I'm talking about once you leave Blade Show, you can walk for hours. It seems like, and well,
6: eventually,
5: actually, actually, I got to walk for three three days.
6: Steakhouse after you get done
0: leaving. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. You know, spend an (laughs) hour and a half walking to a steakhouse that's a quarter mile away because you walk to (laughs) Atlanta. You walk to Atlanta. I just say I have no sense of uh, um, direction in the big city. There, Jess. So. (laughs)
5: Yeah. Mr. Rivers yeah. and I sitting over there waiting for Mr. Chip to show and Man, I was hungry
6: though. Just yeah, waiting. Yeah. Just <laughs> waiting.
0: So so Luke, you just showed See, back up. You, I, I
6: didn't go you... to the pit because I, I drove fourteen hours <laughs> to get
0: <laughs> I was tired. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's two
3: long days.
0: Is Luke with us again?
3: I am here. I am back
0: all right, so now I've only got three Luke recordings to put together in this episode. How many how, how are you back on the iPad?
3: I am, yeah, but I got up a so enough charge to hopefully be here for a little bit longer than last time.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, uh, Luke, we've got Jess on, um, dot com. He's been at blade show. Um, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to, to meet him personally at blade show when you've worked there. Um, but, uh, you know, Luke Luke works over at pops, uh, Jess. And when we call over there, he feverishly fills ours and other people's orders. And, um, I was just curious if you, have you, uh, used pops at all over your knife making career?
4: I just got uh, oh some yeah, yeah cool stuff in. So, um, I, I've i got a lion killer drawn out on a piece of steel, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna do uh, gonna do something a little different with it. But this is that my And it's um, oh, okay. Uh, it's kind of like my but it's got fiberglass in it, like G10. Hmm. I got you. But it's a Did Luke did
0: Luke sign that when he shipped it cuz he always signs my stuff?
4: Did Your did not friend Luke. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> drilled the holes in the middle. Of some of the yeah, I did that one on Luke, purpose, yeah.
0: Luke, why do you always write Carlisle on my box and not not like, "Hey Chip, have a good one, Chip." You know,
3: That or is for like. our um Label printing process so that we. Keep I know her. what it's for, but okay. but how come
0: y'all never sign your boxes? Have a great day, Chip, Luke, or McKenna. I mean, it's just Carlisle.
3: Something I might I might need to implement here with future. What do you boxes. do? What do you
0: do? What do you do with Don's boxes? That's what we want to know.
3: I write Watson on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. Fine.
3: <laughs> might just a little sticker here or there. Jess Luke yeah, yeah. put in
0: a uh, yeah. I've been. Get, I like those new stickers. By the way, Jess no, Luke the, the, uh, put in a, a bat phone. You
4: didn't get a sticker? No, no. I just uh, I just got a an order with a whole bunch of G three and some Micarta and all they sent me was a bill. No Luke. sticker. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> it must it have
1: been wasn't McKenna.
0: It wasn't McKenna. It was obviously Luke that forgot the sticker.
3: That's a what day did you place yeah. the order? That'll be the true difference maker.
1: Uh,
4: what day of the week? Know, I, I probably got the bill sitting here.
3: Oh, perfect. Here oh, we go. Uh, down uh, and yep. dirty.
4: Um,
3: I just need to see the signature Dusty. down on the bottom.
4: And I, yeah, I got some of the uh, the toasted wheat.
3: Uh, okay. To the yeah, the coarse canvas. That stuff's really pretty. Oh. It, oh. Yeah. It was so, McKenna. Uh, it was. It was McKenna. Oh Damn my God! <laughs> right. hey. oh, Don't man. you be
0: talking <laughs> so, bad about McKenna Luke. You just have to take one for I'm the n- team. I'm not.
3: It's just not me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not saying she
6: didn't do her job. I'm just saying I do mine.
3: There you go. <laughs> That's the first. Uh, pers-
0: Luke, are you going to put two stick? Are you going to put two stickers in there on this next order?
3: Most definitely. Well, I- gotcha.
4: Gotcha. I'll, I'll add it to my bandsaw then and oh i've got plenty of a... pops out there already
3: yeah i see the 2022 blade show sticker
4: yep That's oh up yeah there. i don't know a couple other ones probably
3: well we have a couple new stickers out right now we have one uh what, what does it say chip it's uh at your service something to that degree
0: it's your sticker luke
3: <laughs> it is but I, I see it every day that many boxes as I can.
0: But Luke, it's just, it's your sticker. It goes right no over excuse. my head.
3: Um yeah. We have one to to that degree and then also a Lion Killer sticker. Um both of which How come are- I don't have
0: a Lion Killer sticker yet?
3: I cuz you ain't I
0: made one yet.
3: Included one in <laughs> your box. Huh.
0: Every every knife I makes a Lion Killer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which which okay so
6: which is absolutely hilarious because the first time I ever held one of Chip's knives, uh, it was one of your little uh the little small ones so the I was Flesher. like I remember yeah that, the Flesher, the Flesher. The Flesher. Uh, I I held it in my hand and I was like, wow this looks way bigger on camera like <laughs> <laughs> that's, what she said. that's
5: what she said man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, 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 now. You, sound, you sound like you sound like another podcast brother. Hey, um, the uh, and I'm joking. That's fine. Hey, um, the uh, yeah, I resemble that. Yeah, I, I, I did feel I did feel woefully inadequate standing amongst your beautiful knives, guys. Here, I'm like. Look at my knife. Look at my knife. Look at my knife. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, but you know the neat thing is I gave that it's I made perfect a perfect pocket she- knife though. Well I gave that I, I made a new sheath for that knife and uh, I gave it to somebody who has put it in a um in a lighted trophy case and I'm like, Do what? That knife? So um, you know, beauty's in the eye be the holder, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't an ugly knife, it was just a little. It was one of those that I started on a. No, Saturday No, it was a good morning. looking knife. It, oh, was, it was just was way fine. smaller than I thought it was. It was <laughs> I started it on, on a Saturday morning at like seven thirty a.m. and I finished it up, you know, at like eleven o'clock that night. I just wanted to make a knife in one day, and uh, and that's what turned out. And then I, and that was the beginning of the flesher. So, matter of fact, I'm making a flesher right now. I haven't made one in a couple months, and it's like it's kind of fun making it now that I haven't got like twenty seven to do so. I don't know I was what hey you... what'd you do like twenty six in a row? oh, it was <laughs> terrible what's your uh what do you have a particular knife that you enjoy making or or that you make more than others uh Jess, that uh people tend to like
4: um my my favorite knife to make is my antrim. And it is probably my poorest selling knife. Oh, but really? For some reason, I just love the hell out of making
7: them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it goes, man. Um, and you saw you know,
4: my Piccolo uh, yeah. kitchen model, which is, you know, like that Petty that I just showed you. That's probably yeah. my best selling. And uh, now, yeah, I, I like making them.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the Antrim. Nine and a quarter. It's a beautiful knife. It looks like a Lion Killer in itself. It resembles a little bit of the knife Lion Killer. Yeah, but,
4: it's uh, it's quite a bit um, – it's it's not as tall of a blade as the Lion Killer.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised you said it doesn't sell a lot. It looks like a perfect, perfect knife. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So, matter of fact, I'm looking at – when I look at the pictures, I'm looking at one, and I'm actually really interested in the the wood you've got on the handle. Um, it's just gorgeous. It's a lighter, lighter tan one that you've got on your website, and I can't seem to get a name off of it, but uh, – um, there's a darker one and a lighter handle, but this gorgeous piece of wood. That's wonderful. I, uh, the, um,
4: this is funny handle material. I, I, uh, I love looking for, for burls and stuff like that. And I get mm-hmm. a lot of it local. So.
0: Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Well, Hey, uh, you got some gorgeous grinds on that, uh, on that steel of yours and, uh, Let's take a second to talk about our friends over at Ameribraid Grinders.
2: Hey listeners, let's take a moment today to thank one of our sponsors for today's show. And that sponsor is Ameribraid Grinders. Eric and Kevin over at Ameribraid have sold thousands of these grinders. And they are super nice guys and their customer service is excellent. I would know I've been personally using their 2x72 grinder now for two years. And it has changed my knife making to a whole new level. So if you're in the market for or looking to upgrade from that 1x30 or 2x42, then give Ameribraid a look. There you'll find they have three packages of grinders to offer. They have a Mastery Package, a Foundations Package, and a Get Grinding Package, in which all of them come at different price points. So I'm sure you'll find something that'll suit your needs as a knife maker. Also, Ameribraid has a ton of innovative attachments for their grinders. So listeners... You can find out about all of this at www.amerabraid.com. Go give them a look, see what they have to offer today. And now back to the show.
0: Hey, welcome back. So uh, we're talking to Jess Hoffman um, from Jess Hoffman Knives or Jay Hoffman Knives, excuse me, up in Wisconsin. And uh, what would you say is... uh, you, know, you say it didn't really do anything that defines your style or whatever, but you know, you've got some great accolades and, and a resume as far as the things that you've done up there. Um what what how big is the knife making community up in Wisconsin? And it's probably pretty big because I know once winter sets in you gotta head to the basement of the shop where it's just a long winter.
4: Yeah, there's uh a, there's a, a ton of really high quality makers right in the area here. Um, Ken Coates, who is a uh, probably one of the better slip joint makers in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Martin is down in Waterford, and Peter Martin, um, he he makes pretty much whatever he he wants, but his he's making high dollar um, folders, and he's he's pretty much been my my mentor. He's the guy that's been been teaching me and. and He's my go-to when I have a question. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there's there's quite a few quality makers right here in in the area.
0: I would think so because you know, being the industrial belt uh, of the Midwest, I would think there's a lot of wonderful people with that you know come out of the tool and die or the industries and things that they do up there, and and they just seem to apply that. I noticed it when I lived in uh, up in the Midwest and Ohio, Detroit, and you know those particular areas. You had some wonderful, wonderful metal craftsmen up in those areas. Just, mm-hmm. just because there's so much talent um, that, that just comes out of that area with regard to metalworking and so on. So it's pretty cool. Well, guys, let's go ahead and uh, let's put it uh, to a vote as we always do. Uh, no one is, uh, no one's ever failed the vote, but there's always a first time. So, uh, Jess, are you me. ready? Regardless of which way it goes,
4: yeah, I'm ready. I, I can. All right.
0: You. I'll go last. Otusir, aye. Is he a knife? Okay, he's a knife Templar. Otusir yeah, says man. yes. Eric Rivers,
6: uh, absolutely.
0: All right, Don.
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Luke, don't try and top that.
3: Oh, there's no way I can. But you do have my vote. I have an eye.
0: And does he get get a couple stickers next time?
3: Most definitely of course awesome. all right
0: right and uh since i can't top macho man randy savage don uh <laughs> lots of Ooh, yeah. macho yeah <laughs> you definitely got mine as well jess jess cool. it has been such a blessing to have you on the show you are such a talented maker and we are so glad to have you in our community <laughs> And I will tell you, we're going to be running over to your table uh, at Blade Show and get to know you more. And uh, hopefully, we can share a meal or something with you while we're there. Um, that would be awesome. We'll, we'll, yeah, we're going to spend the next uh, the rest of this fall, winter, and spring getting to know you on the uh, Knives Templar podcast uh, uh, messaging group, and uh, I certainly look forward to it. So. Welcome. Welcome to the Templars. And we're certainly glad you're here and took the time to share yourself with us because uh you're a pretty cool dude in my book. So welcome. Yeah, Thank you. Welcome to the Templars. Welcome. Having <laughs> fun. Absolutely. Appreciate you it. blessed. Enjoy your weekend. Yep. Bye bye.
6: Glad to have you here, man.
0: Yep. <laughs> he's he, he he's good. <laughs> he's really good. That guy makes some beautiful blades. I mean, he does. I always, you go out to his website and it just makes me hate him. <laughs>
6: Yeah, he makes he makes some nice some nice blades, that's for sure. And he makes a lot of different styles. That's what's really yeah. cool. You know, it's not all the same stuff.
0: I, I don't want to use the term uh, um, production maker, but you know, looking at his knives, the quality of them is like if you went into a a um, Smoky Mountain Knife Works in in uh, Sevierville, Tennessee, which is a I don't know if you guys know about that place or not, but a real famous place. Mm-hmm. And if you went in there, I mean, his knives would just stand up against the production knives, the the, the professional knives. I mean, it's just, there's just a professional edge to them. Um, yeah, we're lucky to have him in the knife making world. He's really accomplished a lot um, in the you know, 11, 12 years he's been doing this. So, yeah, he's good, to, he's good to have as a friend because, as you know, us friends, we all wear off on each other. So and interesting, I want to go out there and watch the videos also because he said that he, you know, grinds backwards, so to speak. And I want to see just a little bit about what he's talking about there. So that seemed cool as well. Yep. From yep. the from the point back to the Ricasso. So anyway, hey, um let's take a second and let's talk about um our buddy Eric Rivers over at the Rivers Experience. We'll be right back. Hey guys, what was your source of inspiration when you first decided to make knives? You know, many go to the books and also some go to the web, uh, but many also head to YouTube for videos. Well, you know, we are fortunate enough to have Eric Rivers from the Rivers Experience as a co-host on the Knives Templars. But you know what? He's also a sponsor. And I tell you, 27,000 followers can't be wrong in following his skilled and educational regular videos that teach the fine arts of making beautiful knives. I know because I'm a subscriber to his channel and I learned at my pace and without making those mistakes by walking in the dark regarding knife making. Be sure and check out his channel, The Rivers Experience on YouTube or his website at theriversexperience.com. And now back to our show. So, hey guys, go out and visit Eric over at The Rivers Experience or you can also visit his website, theriversexperience.com and see uh, his knives he's making, but this guy is fully... Fully uh, uh, spread out across the knife making world, and uh, just just a good guy to be around. He's fun. So uh, Eric, uh, Knife Talk Tuesdays back up and running. Quite exciting here lately. Uh, I know that the shop is uh, getting completed. I've seen some doors going on, but you've shifted back into knife maker mode. How's that feel?
6: Man, it feels absolutely great. It's it's so nice to have my you know my knife shop back, or at least that section of the knife shop being able to forge and do all that
0: still working on your big door
6: uh yes yeah still working on that and uh i uh will have it sealed off uh hopefully within the week and then uh and then you know it'll be it'll be a, a shop you know because then i can start oh, putting yeah. up the walls the interior walls and stuff like that
0: yeah, well, it's gorgeous. How how uh, I don't think we've spoken too much about it. Tell us a little bit about this latest build you've got on uh, Shop Talk Tuesday. I know you've uh, been forging out some steel out of stock, of course, um, but it's yes. just a gorgeous blade.
6: So uh, I wanted to kick off the series. I'm doing a a forge series to where uh, pretty much the next six episodes for the Shop Talk Tuesdays are all going to be uh, forged to profile. uh and some forge to finish builds. Uh, the whole goal is to be able to get to a point to where, you know, I can pick and choose whatever style of knife that I want to make, whether it be a Kukri or whether it you know, a, a buoy or a, uh, you know, a chef's knife, any of those things. And I can forge everything in to where if I need to do any grinding, it's very minimal. And, uh, it's just doing everything by hand and uh, putting a real cool finish on a knife that is just super resilient. And uh, this last one was really cool because, you know, I've worked on forging flat and smooth and everything like that, but being able to forge in symmetry and make sure that when you do plunge lines, with a hammer and an anvil uh, that you can actually get them even and crisp. That's been a a thing that I wanted to do for a really long time. And this, the last one that I did, uh, I was able to accomplish that to where whenever you actually look down through the tang at the ricasso uh, going into the the plunge lines and into the actual cutting edge, um, it looks like I did it with a grinder. I mean, it is perfectly even perfectly straight there's no waves to the blade and uh i have not done anything to straighten it so it's the the finish and the handle where the handle scales are attached everything on that knife is just from the forging process and uh coming out of the heat treat it was perfectly straight temper perfectly straight i didn't have to try and tweak anything move anything and that was really cool because, you know, back in the days, they didn't have two by 72s. You know, you, oh, yeah. you forged the knife. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And being able to have that skill was something that I wanted to have for a very long time. So I, I watch uh, any video that Neil Kamomura puts out. Yeah. Uh, he is one of my favorite knife makers that has ever existed. He has and- extreme talent extreme I mean it is just beautiful knives and his his forge to finish and his brute to forge knives and chef's knives and just all kinds of different stuff I, I love his hammering I love all kinds of ways that he does things and um, you know one of the things that he said that he did whenever he wanted to get into knife making was he just forged knife after knife after knife after knife after knife until uh, he was 100% confident in what he does and I'm going to put myself through that <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to forge a lot of knives.
0: Well, you know what they say? Reputation or uh, rep, uh, repetition, repetition. creates and insa- thank you, Luke. Repetition <laughs> creates insanity. <laughs> Luke, I don't have Alzheimer's. I just have an older brain. I have to wait until they get out.
3: My mentors <laughs> tell me the same thing. They say, uh, if you're not happy where with your quality now, with, you know, the quality of knife you've made, make 20 more. And if you have, still have the same issue, make 20 more. That's just keeping up with making, getting comfortable on the grinder, not losing your touch, and just making as many as you can. Eventually, the obstacles and issues you have had in the past will just slowly go away, and you'll get more perfect with your craft.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I can attest to that. Um, yeah, you know, over the uh, the, the the past. Uh, year and a half, two years, give or take, but I've been taking this a bit more serious. I definitely noticed an increase in my uh, skills, especially on the freehand grinding and uh, mm-hmm. refinishing and plunging and all of that stuff. I mean, it's, uh, the more you make, the better you're gonna get at it. I mean, I don't think you can get it to a point where you can say, it is. I did enough that is perfect, but it's close to it, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, you know I used a jig on my second knife today, and I almost felt like I was cheating. And I don't maybe have you guys gotten to that point where you step up no, to something?
6: Use use them. Uh, oh, I'm not against. Yeah. I'm not use.
0: Yeah. I'm not against using it. And I think you're a knife maker whether you do or not. But interestingly enough, I was like, why am I using this jig? Why don't I just freehand it? And uh, and, and I went ahead and used the jig anyway. But it was just kind of a little a neat feeling to say, hey, I, I, I've got this thing where. No, I can say, Hey, why don't I do it this way rather than the other. I've got the options and I almost, I didn't feel like I was so, cheating. I just felt like I, you know, I, I'm at a point where, Hey, I look forward to be able to do it by hand.
6: So with my knives, so, uh, I always tell people if you, if you want to use jigs, use jigs. But uh, the, the only reason why I don't is because my knives are, I, I do a lot of one-offs and Uh, Mm -hmm. a ton of them have a bunch of different characteristics to it that really wouldn't work with many jigs. Mm -hmm. Um, I use my plunge line jig just because I like having that stop whenever I go up to the the edge of the platen and things Mm -hmm. like that. And plus Mm -hmm. it's also a heat sink and it gives me something extra to hold on to, you know, whenever I'm using Mm -hmm. that, that works as a really good heat sink. So my hand that's on the tang, uh, it, I can grind for longer with uh, the plunge line jig on there. And uh, right. it's it just works out. When you say a plunge
5: me. line jig, are you talking about a file guide or something different?
6: No. So, you know, like the, the file guides, those are great. The ones that have the uh, the carbide edges on them and everything like that. But for me, uh, I, I don't really use them. I, I made my own plunge line jig and – I I really like
0: how it works. Um, Does it get chewed up at all? Does it get chewed up at all?
6: Not really. No, they, uh, because I don't, they don't ever really touch the belts. You know, I I don't, I don't bump it up close enough that it actually hits the belt. Like hardly ever.
0: I noticed with the one that I I got, it was an inexpensive one because I wanted to try it. And, and of course I have a little overlap on the belt. When I go up, I just noticed it's, you know, kind of gouged it out just a little bit of course I. well you have the uh, carbide one or just uh, no 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 i bought i bought one less than 50 bucks off of amazon just to try it and then i thought well i'm gonna i've got enough steel um, that i can actually make one you know from it which is what i'll end up doing but uh i was just curious do y'all get a lot of grinding out of of the steel when you're using uh using those file guides well uh
5: yeah for the one i use for my plunge lines it's uh it has a carbide insert so i can put it right there on the belt and no, no issues. Oh, okay. Uh, but if you have just a, you know, regular hardened steel, I mean, it's going to go through.
0: So, yeah. Eventually, it. it's going to wear on it, yes. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I figured that was just, you know, part of it, if that's what you're doing. But mm-hmm. they're easy enough to make, and there's always enough leftover steel to set and make something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we have gotten to, or we have reached the point in the uh, uh, hour and 37 minutes in guys got time for a couple questions what do you say yep. let's do it if I what can help you yeah. well I've got Adam this week and he uh, sent in a question he says hey guys I have messed up an etch on my mark on my blade I used DC electric etch and my template moved what's the best way to get it off I always use a touch mark before so grind it off, and re-etch my blade? <laughs> it uh, depends how
7: deep is your etch?
0: Yeah, you know, if I you had, can't uh, see it, go ahead. Yeah,
7: I just had to do that. I etched one, and um, <laughs> it leaked down. You know, the fluid leaked down underneath that to what I had, and, then, man, that's probably four little black spots, man. So I had to go back and re-grind the blade and just start over again. So, yeah. I mean, that's what I had to do, so I don't know if Eric might yeah. know a better way.
6: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, sadly uh, either make a bigger uh, maker's mark uh, <laughs> or, uh, or yeah, you could sand it. You know, sometimes you you really don't have to grind it out. You could just uh, use a little more aggressive sandpaper and, that's what and I was just thinking. go back and sand it out now. Uh, some people use both AC and DC, you know, one edge is deep, one edge is dark. And um, that's the, the whole point. Like you can uh, switch it over. Uh, so that depending on if you want a dark edge or if you want a deep edge and uh, but I mean it, it happens. Uh, you could always just make sure and turn the, the DC side off and not have to worry yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, I but, have a great uh, solution. Yeah, just sand it.
0: I have a great solution. Used to go to Berg knife making on uh, YouTube and uh, get out his cricket and start cutting out some templates and do a nice you know, deer <laughs> yeah. and forest scene on the side of that knife. So kind of like <laughs> covering, up, covering up a tattoo. So yeah, I, I thought about you've...
5: that, you know, I thought about doing it. It looks good. I kind of yeah. like
0: it. Have you seen some of Berg stuff where he does those scenes on the sides of knives?
7: Oh, yes. yes. Oh,
6: yes. those. And then the, the people that do like the, the like movie scenes where they take yeah. layers of paint, they like paint it and then they go in and they scratch off all the little layers, do one layer of etching, mm-hmm. then scratch off another layer, do another layer of etching, and yeah. scratch off another layer. and
5: Yeah, I've seen a <laughs> couple of YouTube channels crazy. doing it. It's pretty good. It's really nice.
0: Yeah, I didn't think about that. He could do a twenty-four hour soak like you did on your um, uh, YouTube channel yeah. and come up <laughs> just come up with something it. uniquely looking. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I would just say, yeah, you just. I liked your idea of make a bigger maker's mark or try and uh, if you can't sand it out. Uh, you know, it depends
5: also what kind of a maker's mark do you have. I mean, if it is something like I do, where it's just pinto there. I cannot make anything bigger with that. I mean, I would have to either scrap the knife or I don't know, just keep it as a as a as a unique piece with a defect on the uh, maker's mark. Yeah. Uh, because I do etch pretty deep, right? I don't yeah. like the uh, I don't like the dark finish, so my etching is deep, and uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to take it out without really damaging the blade.
0: Yeah i will tell you on on um one of my early times i didn't have enough border around my logo to go in and etch it out and I ended up with this little etch burn spot on it outside of the old Bigfoot walking through the trees but it was in a perfect position so i used my leather punch and cut a perfect little circle and put it over that spot and then etched it away and i called it my um uh, it was a, a skookum or something. Full moon edition. <laughs> it <was> full moon. <laughs> the, so and it still smart. it's still. if yeah, you go. go out there and look on my website, it's still out there. It's one of the first knives I made, it yeah. <laughs> gotta be creative, man. <laughs> that's a creative. Good idea.
5: Those little mistakes will sometimes make a big difference, and it makes it even better sometimes.
6: Yeah, that's a good idea, though. I mean, do that and. Colley, good. That's a good way to correct it. That's that's smart. (laughs) Well,
0: Well, the guy who got it was just just tickled.
6: uh,
7: Acid etch it. If you mess up, you can go ahead and just acid etch the blade again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, acid etch it.
6: Stone wash it. (laughs) Yes, stone wash
0: it. Yeah, just rock (laughs) tumble the life out of it. Well, hey, Travis. (laughs) Travis has come in here and said, I have a set of canvas micarta scales I'm working on, and I am curious if they need to be sealed with anything. I sanded them to 320. I didn't want to lose the grippiness. So after sanding the scales, I have a dull appearance. Is there something I can apply to improve the looks? And I haven't ever done any canvas micarta. Uh, you guys may have. What do you think about that? Hmm.
1: Uh,
5: uh, well... Uh, Don and Eric take this one. I mean...
6: So uh, the only way to make that look prettier is to sand it higher because pretty much anything that you do that's going to gussy that up, that's Mm going to make it look nice, is going to make it smoother, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, trying to make a dull thing uh, shiny. Uh, Typically, you got to, you know, either buff the ever living hell out of it uh, or uh, you can do a CA finish on it, CA glue, but you're going to have to sand that back. Um, and then it's going to end up looking higher uh, sanding on it. But really, let, let it be, and let yeah. that be the finish if you like the texture that's on it.
0: For sure. because um, so yeah, I
7: would good. say try some um, – a little bit of steel wool, with a little bit of WD-40.
6: Yeah, but that's going to make it smoother.
7: It, it will darken it, but I think WD-40 will – Instead of using the oil-based WD-40, will evaporate yeah. a bit quicker. You know, um, I've done them like that too, and it's going to darken a little bit. Kind of get away from that. I know he's talking about if he if he sands it really well at 320, and then go in and take a little steel wool and buff it out with the uh, WD-40. That might help. It may be a little bit at at first. May be a little bit. Um, Slick, but over time it'll dry out. Because WD forty will it will dry out over time.
0: Right. Yeah. You try that. And that's some 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 items just don't lend themselves to being overly shiny or this that and the other. It's just you know there's always a give and take on everything, and you 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 use this material this time, and I think that you know
5: you live, you learn, uh, There's always
0: somebody for every knife. Yeah.
5: Yeah. That's why I use G ten. If you want a nice and shiny. um I use G10. I I take it only to 600 grit and buff it out. And, you know, I like the the overall finish. Um, Don't really see the need to go to, say, 1,000 or 1,200. Never did it. I mean, 600 is good enough.
6: If you want those, like, finishes, when you go to Blade Show, uh, it's interesting how many knives look fake because they're – and it's weird saying fake, but – their scales almost look plastic because they are the yeah. glossiest, smoothest, like mirror reflective scales you'll ever see. And they almost look like a kid's toy uh, with how shiny they are. They look yeah, like they were cast that way. I'm not way. a
0: real big fan of that look myself. Yeah. But, you know, to each his uh, own. Like. To each
6: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's just the quality of what they do. Those people stand out to like three thousand thirty five hundred grit on their handles especially if they're using you know seven hundred dollars in mammoth tusk or ivory i I guess it it makes sense to go crazy like that but for me like on the knife that i just got done doing these um the scales are stabilized pecan uh, spalted pecan and it i sanded it up about you know i think that was uh 400 grit on that and that's all it needed, you know. I wanted it to have a, a nice, smooth texture, but I didn't want to lose, you know, the the feel of that wood. And uh, it was perfect for me. But not mm-hmm. everybody's going to want that, you know. Like you said, you know, th- there's a seat for, or there's a butt for every seat. There's somebody's going to like it. Somebody's not going to like mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah, viewers- that,
5: that's one. That, that's one of the things about knife making, right? That the, the reason I go about my things the way i do is i will make what i want and i like to make and uh, if somebody likes it well if you don't like it oh well you're gonna find something that you like i mean yeah right i mean that you know and and that's the same thing with the uh, with the finishing for the handles i mean i mean i wish joey was here because he does a lot of micarta and he would probably be able to give us a a better answer there but if you want a nicer finish on my card, you would have to go finer grit yeah. you
0: know but know then you else.
5: lose the texture
0: did y'all see me waving my knife around
5: yeah i did you know can our, you all our, see our, me our, no, no 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 no
0: our listener you, you your uploads a little slow tonight we'll have to make sure we get you fully uploaded at the end but i'll tell you our listeners can't see this but every week you know everybody's like flashing their knives on the video and this that, and the other. And, I never think to bring one. So I've usually got like these little baby scissors. <laughs> flash so I actually brought my knife tonight oh, and good. I'm flashing nice. it. and Well, I had to No, I had to pull that out of you because nobody said anything up to this point. So anyway, <laughs> let's take a moment. And listen to uh, the folks over at, uh, majestic
2: forge. Majestic forge is owned and operated by Brian and Kayla horn in Rushville, Ohio with many years of experience Manufacturing two to five burner gas forges, Majestic Forge is your number one source for blacksmith forges, barrier forges, and specialty forges. They are dedicated to creating top of the line forges at a price you can afford. Majestic Forge has supplied forges to blacksmith schools, high schools, colleges, production shops, and TV shows such as Mythbusters. And Majestic Forge is the forge of choice for televisions, forged in fire. Knife makers are in luck as they offer forges that come with two or three deluxe burners. Here at Knives Templars we are sure that you can find a USA made majestic forge to suit your needs. Check out your next forge at majesticforge.com
0: all right, guys. Hey, welcome back. And uh, I will tell you, I used that majestic forge of mine uh, a couple separate times today. And I tell you what, it is a tool that you can count on. And uh, if you don't use a heat treat oven, you're using a forge to do your uh, heating, uh, I tell you what, it, it's consistent. I set my temperature uh, with a uh, handheld uh Uh, thermometer gun and get it in there and get it set set my knife off to the side and let it soak and quench and i tell you what i'm getting some uniform hardness every time so whether you're forging blades uh whether you're forging um already uh made steel <laughs> <laughs> Already finished steel, or 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 you're just heat treating knives. You can't go wrong with a majestic forge. Hey guys, let's let's move on to a couple couple last things here as we're winding down the episode. Got a little bit of time. We want to talk about something. Is how do we determine the cost of a knife you have for sale? So that, that that could last. That could be an episode in itself, but we'll try and keep it in under ten minutes. So who wants to kick that one off? Determining the cost that you or 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 what you charge for one of your knives. How do we do that?
6: So before I talk, uh Otis here, how much do you charge for your knives?
5: <laughs> right now I'm not selling them, so I don't know um the thing uh, that my teacher told me was um look the market look at the market and see what everybody else on your skill level are charging for those knives that are approximately the same level as you are right i mean if you are a, a, a master of course you're going to be charging super high money Or let's say you just started yesterday and you're just, you know, making a simple little knife. You're not going to be charging top dollar even, right? So you have to look at the market and see what the market is doing. I mean, I would like to charge $2,000 on every one of my knives. For me, they are worth it. Uh, The problem is me being an unknown, right? I can't really go out there and say, oh, I want X for my knife. So you know, I look at I look around and have a little bit of profit on my work, and I got to pay for materials. And you know, I'm happy. I I don't plan I don't plan to become a millionaire doing this. It's just a
0: yeah. I just want to sell two one hundred thousand dollar knives a year. Oh, me
6: too. <laughs> <laughs> and Don, how much do you how much do you typically charge for yours? Uh about twelve hundred.
1: <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I look at Eric. I,
7: no, I I think the um I got a good friend of mine that's really supported me in my knife making, and he's bought so, well, I'm fixing to be six knives already. Me and, too. Uh, and I told him, I said, um, buy them buy now.
0: Ten, buy ten, get the eleventh free.
7: Yeah, <laughs> bow. And he, he just been real supportive. Hey, he ordered two more from me, but but they're a different style knives. He kind of wants a boning knife for deer hunting, and and uh, he wants another one for him and his son-in-law. So, but I told him, I said, you better buy them now because as my craft grows and and better at it, I said, now you're just I'm really just kind of gifting it to you because the time I, there's no way he can afford the time that I spend on a knife. Yeah. So. But it does replenish my supplies. It does replenish my you know my belts and stuff like that. So, um, one seventy five is what yeah. I average get by one seventy five to two hundred. So,
6: and uh, and with h- how much time do you would you put into one of those one hundred dog knives?
7: Oh man, um, I kind of dialed it down because uh, when I do a, my signature knife, I have a signature knife now. I, I do like four at a time. Um, and someone asked me the other day, he goes, How long it take you to make this knife? I said, Man, I do not know. I've never really sat down and said, Okay, cut it out, drill it out, grind it out, heat treat it, temper it, come back and regrind bevels, um, and then handle on. I said, I've never really never thought about it, you know, I never um, I'd say it'd have to be an hour, you know, probably ten hours maybe. Yeah. Total On that, yeah. From you know, so the
6: actual start to finish,
7: probably about nine to ten hours. Uh, you can't add heat treat because heat treats well, early about five hours on the heat treat and tempering. Yeah,
6: so. and and tempering, you're not really doing anything. Your no. your oven's doing what it's good what It's got to do on there. So when it when it comes to the way that I typically price my knives, it, it's it's primarily based on you know. It, the, the way that I always look at it is uh, if I'm going to devote time to it, uh, I would prefer that somebody pays for that time. Uh, the the hard part for me is whenever I make a one-off custom, I don't have a customer in mind whenever I'm making that knife. Again, like Otis here said, mm-hmm. I'm just making what I think looks awesome. And uh, if I post those, Sometimes they'll be on the website for a month and a half. Sometimes they'll be on the website for two days. Uh, if I make standard EDC knives, those are gone the day that I put them on my website. Uh, but you know, you can only make so many EDC knives before you're like, all right, I gotta do something else. Um, if, I <laughs> <Yeah. to>
2: go, <laughs> if I wanted to go,
6: if I wanted to go full time knife making, I would just make uh, EDC knives, camp knives, and camp steak yeah. knives, and I would sell them. All the time, forever. Uh, but the way that I look at it is I will put a little bit of of the amount of money that I want for it in the materials category. Uh, what the steel cost me that I'm going to use, what the handle material cost me that I'm going to use. Uh, I know that I'm going to have to go through some consumables like belts, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and heat, you know, all, all the things that with that. But when it boils down to it, you can make a good, high-quality knife with less than $100 in materials. Uh, and that's with doing, a, you know, steel is not expensive. Uh, so uh, the handle scales sometimes cost more than the steel. Yeah, oh, definitely.
5: Uh, so, most <laughs> so, definitely, yeah. most definitely.
6: So the way that I would break it down, I would have, by default, about uh, $100 into just the materials. Uh, And let's say we're going to price out a, an EDC knife that I would sell. Uh, You know, I know that the materials for the knife and the sheath are going to cost me about a hundred dollars. So by default, I'm not going to sell it for less than a hundred. I know that I'm going to have about, like you said, about 10 hours into uh, a normal EDC slash camp knife. Uh, Be about 10 hours and uh, start to finish on that. And uh, I'm not going to sell a knife that doesn't have a sheath. I give the customers the option to have a Kydex or a leather sheath. And whenever they order their knife, I ask them to tell me in an email which one they would prefer, Kydex or leather. uh, And then I make the sheath. And they give me about a week and a half lead time to go ahead and make that sheath before I ship it out to them. Uh, But if I'm going to make an EDC camp knife, it's going to be priced at about three hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars and uh the whole point behind that is it's right in the category of what a good handmade you know edc camp knife should be priced at you have some people who are master smiths that can charge six hundred and fifty to eight hundred dollars for one of those Um, If you go on to some of the forums, like the the Lords of Steel, they have these uh, dark timber uh, customs uh, knives that they sell on there where they'll have an EDC knife that has like six different scales that were CNC made for it and, you know, all these different things. But people are selling those for $1,200 and $1,400 and they're just EDC knives that no one's ever used. They just keep them in their little box on a shelf. Um, I don't want my knives to be that way. If you're charging $1,200 for your knife, someone's going to keep it like it is the coolest thing they've ever owned. <laughs> and they're never going to use it. <laughs> so uh, I figure right at that 350 to 400 range, it's a good price. Um, if you buy a decent knife off of Amazon, uh, you know, a good little folder, stuff like that, they're going to be $150 to $200. And those are, you know, dime a dozen type knives. So if you're getting a one-off custom that uh, you're going to have the only one that's exactly like it, 350 to $400, that pays me, uh, if I was just charging per hour, about $30 an hour. Um, and some people might think that that's a lot of money, but... It's really not not for the amount of work that we do and the going rate of what people work for just in general nowadays. um, $30 an hour really isn't much for me. I get kind of lucky because if I make a knife, I also get the revenue off of YouTube because I'm going to release a video or two about that knife. And that's going to pay me by default from uh, my YouTube revenue. And then, uh, and then I'm also going to have the knife sell, but the way that I look at it is again, I should be making about thirty dollars an hour to to make a knife. I'm not asking for fifty or sixty mm-hmm. or seventy, and I'm at a point now, so you know, I've made enough knives that I know that the heat treat's going to be right. I know it's going to have the right edge retention. I know it's going to have the right. Um, edge geometry for what we're making it for. I know it's going to have the right, uh, ergonomics that a knife should have. So if someone gets one of my knives, they're going to have something that's going to be comfortable, easy for them to use. Now, when this stuff changes, my knives that I make specifically for people, the commission pieces typically go for about 200 to $300 more than that. Um, And part of that is uh, I'll actually figure out their hand size. So the width of their hand, I'll figure out uh, what's going to be comfortable for them. So I'll actually make the handle the size of their hand uh, to where it's how it needs to be for them. Um, They get to pick all the materials and um, I make it whatever finish they want and things like that but within my flair. So typically the custom knives that are made through commission pieces are more expensive than the knife that I make that I think is cool and put it on my website. That's
0: All right. Let me say this, <laughs> let me say this. Um, and this may sound a little pompous and I don't want it to, but uh, when you can go to uh, the store and you can pay three, 300 plus from almost $400 for a bench main knife. Um, which are excellent knives. I don't have a problem charging what I want to charge and I don't base what I charge on what other people charge and nor do I care if someone is a master or a journeyman or whatever membership they've got, whatever organization, because while I respect greatly those designations, it doesn't change what I do from being a craftsman and an artist. And um, you know, I've talked a little bit on past shows about other things that I've worked in in the past, as far as like fishing lures and, uh, doing those professionally. So on my website, it says that my knives are four to $1,200, $400, $1,200. And, uh, and my average knife probably sells for let us say $700. And you may look at it and say, um, well, my gosh, that doesn't look like this guy's knife. It's for $700. Um, but I don't really care. Because Correct. me is the the salesman, the the artist, the negotiator, and I don't negotiate very much. Um, I put a price on something, and that that's where it sets. You either want it or you don't. And and no disrespect towards the buyer, but um, I base my my uh, prices solely on what I think a knife is worth, and I've never had a trouble selling one. And it amazes me that I can. Say hey, I, you know this knife seven hundred dollars, and have one say, well, you know, you want bills or check or how do you want to pay for it, and then I magically turn that into a uh, you know a pistol or a new rifle <laughs> or something else. Uh, but <clears throat> but um but the bottom line is while I have figured out what it costs me and, you know this much for a belt, this much for sandpaper, this much for the different materials that we use it doesn't even come close now as a business model and, you know, having, you know, to form an LLC, I need to track that a much closer because of, you know, doing taxes and such annually as I'll be doing this, you know, 2023. Um, The bottom line is, is that uh, I needed to know it from a business perspective, but from an artistic perspective, it's whatever the market's willing to bear. And then I'll just back off from that. If it, uh, if it's not selling at that rate, but, um, you get what you can get. It's like yeah. a camper or you, a camper or a car. You go out. I don't know. Do campers have a price, and that's what you pay or do you negotiate? I need to know. Oh,
6: this, everything's well. negotiated <laughs> when it comes to that stuff.
0: Oh, excellent, excellent. So, And knives can be negotiated as well, but uh, maybe with Don Watson, but not with me. The sticker is the sticker. <laughs> the sticker is the sticker. <laughs> hey, hey, Don, Don, right. Don, can, hey. Don, quit, Don, quit dumbing down your knives and, and charge a lot more than what you're charging right now.
7: Well, you got to figure out, and what I charge my friends, they're good friends. Oh, no, I do the same thing. And family, too. I've had quite a few family people buy my knives. I sold quite a few knives, and um, I just feel like, you know, know, I'm retired, so I'm going to, all I wanted to do is learn to make a knife that somebody's going to use. Yeah. Um, I've never been one to, I've been a maker for all my life and I've always made things people use, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I was telling my friend the other day, uh, he, he drew out a knife and so he wanted you know if I could build something like this. And I told him, I said, yeah, I think I can do that. And I'm working on it now. He wanted Georgia bulldog red handles on it. <laughs> red and black. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. And uh, so I found them. I got it from pops, um, uh, G10 and it's pretty much right on the color too, you know?
0: Well, you're right there in Georgia territory.
7: And, uh, but no, you know, just, you know, you, um, I sell a knife like that. I know, I mean, 175 bucks, you know, you say, my gosh, man. Um, but number one, their family or friends. Another thing too, while I'm learning my craft, you've already, you've already
0: learned, Don, you've learned. already, me, done. You, know,
7: you know, They're paying me. <laughs> they're paying me to learn. And well I let totally me bro. let me say
0: this. I, I do agree with the friends and family discount. Um and um but it has to be a close friend. As a matter of fact I had somebody that said, Well, well how good a friend are we? I hear you got a friends and family discount and I always say, You know what? I that ran out on the thirtieth of last month. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 then <clears throat> but then if it is someone i'm i'm a religious person and i believe that god empowers us to bestow our gifts upon others and sometimes i do that through knives i don't anybody run up and say god bless you can i have a knife because that doesn't work that way um but um i've given people knives that least expected it as a gift or i've given them such an excellent price on a knife that um you know, it, it was almost like going to the Sonoco and grabbing something off the rotisserie of knives, but uh, that—that's that's pick and choose, and and people that <laughs> that mean something in your life that you want to bestow that blessing or that gift upon them, and whether it's a small charge or or free of charge. But I hear exactly what you're saying, Don. I'm just saying uh, get a website, man, because you've got thousands of dollars to be made. Yeah,
6: you'll be able to sell them. Uh, I will say this. One of the the biggest things that I struggle with is is not trying to sell the knives, but it's selling them. So not because nobody wants to buy them. It's because I I started making knives as a knife collector, (laughs) and uh, I've been collecting knives for a very long time, and uh, now I can make whatever knife pops into my head, the hard part is for me going, okay. I'm going to put it on the website. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, but I don't want to sell it. I don't want to keep it. I have the
0: hardest time closing (laughs) the box on knives, sometimes realizing that's the last time I'm going to see that knife. I've pulled knives back out of the box to take another picture of it because I'm going to literally miss that knife. I sent a culinary knife off a week ago that I feel that way about. But, um, hey, if you're going to be sanding knives, what's your favorite abrasives to use?
8: All knife makers need abrasives, plain and simple. Here at Knives Templars, we're proud to partner with Phoenix Abrasives. I used to get my belts from another company, but they spent more time on marketing than they did customer service. Sometimes taking two plus weeks to ship my order. That's not the case with Phoenix Abrasives. They're obsessed with committing all of their resources to customer satisfaction. Whether you're using a 2 by 72 2 by 42 one by 30 or something else, they've got you covered. They even carry rhino wet sandpaper. So go to phoenixabrasives.com slash shop and enter promo code Templars10 for 10% off your next order.
0: All right, so I will tell you, I know how much Phoenix charges for abrasives, and they're some of the best prices out there. Not only that, they get them to you promptly and... And I do believe if you uh, do a Templars 10 in the uh, – uh, when you're checking out, you'll get 10% off of your belt. So thank you to the guys over at Phoenix for that. Guys, you about ready to wind it down? Let's do it. All yep. right. Yep. Well, you, I'll, let's let's so the next two weeks. What are we doing tomorrow? And I'll start off real quick. I'm going to be watching SEC Network to see if Alabama can bounce back from that uh, loss <laughs> last week. Oh, gosh, help us. But anyway – you got to lose humbly sometimes, even if you, you know, win humbly all the time. So good for Tennessee. That's all I have to say. Go SEC. And, uh, and, uh, it's always good to see a team come back. So roll tide though. We'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) Don, what you you got going on?
7: Uh, I gotta, I gotta finish up a couple (laughs) of knives for another guy. And then, um, I think we're gonna spend some time with the grandkids. I think grandkids will be coming over tomorrow or Sunday. So, but uh, man, enjoying this beautiful weather, man.
0: Oh I yeah, mean, I love I love grandkids, man. They're the best best gift from God. For that's for oh, sure. Oh, they
7: are they are a gift.
0: <clears throat> Otisir, what you got going on this weekend, brother?
5: Um, gotta double check with my wife, but I think we're going to uh, Harper's Ferry spend the uh, day there
0: yeah i like harper's fair that's a cool place to go yep yep
5: old town really uh neat little slice of uh old america you know yeah. some old buildings made out of stone and um, mortar you know it's pretty cool i've been there quite a few times
0: and let you take your camera with you yeah
5: i will i will yeah. and there's uh a trail there. There's uh, two miles, pretty much all the way up. So we're going to be hiking up into the top of the rock, so I can uh, take a look at the little old town from the top and take some some pictures. I mean, I you know I posted a, a couple of pictures about two weeks ago. You yeah. know, but the leaves were still a bit too green for my liking. So I think we're going there tomorrow
0: be sure and carry your bear blade case. Cause they're not all hibernated yet. They're just, well,
5: uh, you know, we don't have those here in Maryland. We might have a different kind of bears running around, you know, like two legged bears running around, but those are big easy foots? enough to Ooh, deal with.
0: Bigfoot. All right.
5: <laughs> all right. I hope, I hope, uh,
0: I hope you, uh, hope you enjoy your weekend. You're a good friend. Yeah. Eric, what's going on in Texas? It's hot.
6: It is hot. It's uh, it's gonna be a little bit cooler going into next week, uh. But yeah, it's gonna be 95 tomorrow. So not excited about that. But uh, 95. I I've got to wow. to put some some more work onto this sheath and get it finished up so I can put this video out. I um, I wanted to try and get the the sheath for the the fantasy build done by this uh, Friday, but Work has been absolutely crazy, and uh, I had to wrap my head around how exactly I was going to do this because, you know, each time I've made a leather sheath, I've stepped it up, and I've stepped it up, and I've stepped it up to where right now I'm just, you know, the the hardest part about making some of these sheaths is figuring out the process that you're going to do to put it together. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, where am I going to mm-hmm. cut this out? Because it's going to have a fur uh, inlay like a fur, uh, section on it. So I had to make like the sheath is almost one inch thick at its thickest point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I saw you were stacking a lot of leather for that.
6: (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I've got to do wedges in the welt area so that Mm -hmm. it flares, uh, out to larger, getting closer to the handle and it fits in right. Um, so this is my first time doing that. Uh, so it's, it's going to be cool, but I've got to work on that and, I've got to uh, forge and finish the next Shop Talk Tuesday knife. So uh, I th- <laughs> think I'm teetering between a drop point, uh, just a nice drop point, like camp knife or EDC um, or right. doing a chef's knife. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people like my camp chef's knives. so
0: I might like uh, to see that. I don't know if I recall one. Cool. yeah
6: the the last one that i did that was a camp chef was the one that i made with the the cut in the big old uh tomahawk steak oh yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i it, do it remember. was like a yeah, it was yeah, like a yeah. smaller yeah. size camp chef knife you need to make a camp um, petty knife a petty knife.
6: yeah <laughs> uh, this next one's going to be like a like a nine inch long blade, uh, just the blade section uh, camp yeah. chef. It's going to be a big old son of a gun and it'll have that, that brute to forge finish, but maybe like a hybrid between that and grinding. I, I don't know just yet. Whenever I get out there and I, I start looking at what I kind of want to do. I'm going to do that now yeah. next week's not this one. That's coming up this shop talk Tuesday, but the week after that, I think I'm going to make a forged version of that lion killer. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow.
0: I saw Uh, somebody else that's done that. That's cool. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to do that. I tell you, I love that current knife with that forged finish on it. It's just, it's just gorgeous. So I'll send you an address to send that over to. And I have a feeling (laughs) that's one you'll probably keep, but it's a gorgeous blade. Hey, uh, Luke, what are you going to be doing this weekend?
1: I don't know, Chip. I bought
0: a $1,000 computer, and I can't connect to the Internet. Okay, well, we hope you get that worked out and uh, come back with us on the uh, Knives Templars. Go Apple. No, uh, Luke, Luke got himself a new computer, and unfortunately, just as I did when I got my MacBook Air, uh, there's some content- connectivity issues with microphones and stuff you kind of have to work out with. Uh, google chrome so it will accept the uh the the equipment technically so anyway luke hey thank you for that investment i know don's made some investments in his uh his technology as well to bring up our game and provide a better uh better experience for our listeners and with the listeners in mind guys we can't do it without you we love our sponsors and we love the feedback from our listeners so uh thank you from each one of us and we look forward to hearing you hearing you we look forward to what do we look forward to doing we look forward to seeing we're not going to see them we look forward to getting <laughs> talking to
6: them in the future
0: we look forward to putting this out again in, the, in the future them? i don't know hey guys we'll see you on the next episode of the nice templars
5: good night yeah man
1: hey good night y'all Quality Base here. The Eagle has
8: landed. As knife makers, we all know the importance of quality handle material. Something that's both tough yet beautiful will increase the value of your knives and allow you to build something that your customers will love. When it comes to the handle material for my knives, I choose Swikowski Scales. Run by Sarah Halpain and her mentor, Alex Swikowski, they have a combined 20 years experience making handles and knives. They offer stabilized burls, exotic hardwoods, vintage micartas, and some of the best segmented scales in the business. Find them on Instagram at SwikowskiScales Scales or on their website, SwikowskiScales.com. That's S-W-I-E-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I. Scales.com
0: All right. After show, after show, Luke, Luke's, Luke's got some, uh got some new equipment, Don's got new equipment we'll get it all worked out uh, this is a journey, it's not a race to excellence, but I do love how we're growing I'm really seeing a lot of our older episodes are starting to pick up downloads uh, when I talk about it I'll, I'll send you guys the stats um, But but that's really interesting because people are going back for the first time and listening from the beginning and moving forward. And thank goodness they don't go, what in the world is this on this first episodes <laughs> we did? Volume up and down, up and down, but they stuck with this stuff. So. Um, and you can see where the maker's mark took off. But you really see that listenership. So thanks to Pops and, and our idea to do that, that was pretty cool. So Chip, Eric, how, do we, how do
7: we share this on Instagram to people in, in your group on Instagram?
0: I guess you would just copy the link is oh, what yeah. i would do i haven't copied one to instagram i put do most of it on facebook yeah. and i think i did
5: it a couple of times when chip post the uh, the link on to the uh, chat group yeah and you yeah. go to the to the cast as you start listening you have a couple of options there on the bottom there for share and whatever and yeah. when you press share you have options to where you want to
0: do it. Copy the copy. You can just copy the link and then you just copy and paste it into wherever yeah, you go. Yeah, I might do that. <clears throat> hey, Eric. Yep. Um somebody's daddy needs them. Is that your you, Eric?
6: <laughs> yeah. There in the hallway. <laughs> well,
0: they can speak to you. It's okay. It's the after show. <laughs>
6: oh, no. <laughs> no, they're good. <laughs> okay. All right. I
5: am at thirty one percent.
0: Uh, yeah, we're going to have to get you, make sure we're uploaded, but hey, why do all campers come with a bed stuck in the front of it? What happened to uh, a table <laughs> to set and a window to look out the front, you know, the, the, the front of the camper, not the sides, the front, and that thing lays down and makes a bed? Why do they all have to have a queen bed sticking stuck in the front, you know, of the camper now?
6: <laughs> they pretty much mm-hmm. all just are, are maximizing the amount of a sleeping area. So pretty much if it's a if it's a, a table, it turns into a bed. If it's a oh, bed, okay it turns into a biggest bed. And if it's a set of stairs, they're like, we can put a bed there. Um, yeah. It's like, this is where the AC goes. Why don't we put a bed there too? <laughs> uh,
0: the, so, wa- the black water tank. I think we can get a bed down in there.
6: Definitely a bed in there. Uh, they are trying to make some of these campers to where they sleep like 12 people and they're 15 feet long. It's like, yeah. you can't line 12 people up in a 15 foot long thing. I just want the <laughs>
0: 1976, 2022 version of you walk into the right. There is a two bench seats and a table that breaks down into a bed with a window out front. So you can look at your camper and look at your little lights hanging on your little thing that swings out. And then there's a bathroom on the right, a kitchen on the left. You go back, maybe there's a couple bunks and you know, that doesn't exist anymore. Everything's gonna slide out. Now they do make uh, a few of the
6: the Jaco's that are simple like that, and then they make some Forest River uh, Forest River micro lights. Mm -hmm. That the way that they're set up is pretty cool. They have like Murphy beds.
0: I've seen the Murphy Uh, beds, but again, that's getting advanced for me. But
6: you'll walk in, and to the right, you have just a, a bench couch area in front of you. You have a slide out that is just the dinette. And then oh, you yeah, have I do your like that. kitchen. I do like that. Yeah. Yeah, you have your kitchen to the left of you and the bathroom back off uh at the end of the trailer. But these are typically like twenty-six feet. You know, they're typically about six to seven thousand pounds. But the nice yeah. thing about the Murphy bed is it sits up above and behind the the little bench couch that you right. have to the right. So whenever you're in there, it's just hangout room and then when it comes I time know. to go to bed i
0: just want two just seats and a table though
6: pop the bed down ah. well the nice thing is for this it's just on struts so all you do I understand. is you just i've watched the videos
0: i just want old school i want old school i don't want to grow up i they uh,
6: are not doing that anymore because again they're trying to make it to where you can have a comfortable yeah. mattress because nowadays people are used to yeah sleeping nobody, on wants, super to go comfortable nobody mattresses. wants to
0: go camping anymore. They just want to go hang no. out in their little condo on wheels.
6: That's exactly so what Jayco, it is. You say, you say yep, uh, Jayco. Now
0: is, is the quality of Jayco uh, improved? Yes.
6: Yeah, Jayco's awesome. Uh, we have you know because the thing that I do for my job is uh, literally everything, but. Um, yeah. Whenever we get put a unit fires. that comes do you in, you put
0: out fires all day long.
6: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I actually do because I also talk to all the Literally. customers. <laughs> um, all so right. the uh, yeah. whenever a unit gets here from the manufacturer, and uh, it gets to the dealership. I'm the first person that goes through it and makes sure that all the stuff was put together right. Make sure that the you know nothing's bent, nothing's broken. Yeah, totally, there's no yeah, trim totally. met issues. Um, I go through all of them and make sure that they're good. I do the first QC before it even goes to the PDI people who do the pre-delivery inspection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do the whole QC and then create a list of any of the, the issues that were if, with it before it goes anywhere. And, um, it's, uh, any unit that goes in and out of my lot gets QC by me twice. It gets QC'd when it first gets dropped off and it gets QC'd before the customer takes it. Okay. uh by me uh partially because i do not trust the manufacturer and even though my service department's amazing they're yeah. never gonna listen to this i don't trust them either so i don't want to leaking <laughs> so- the shower i don't want to leave shower <laughs> yes.
0: and i want you to send me um whoever makes something close to what i'm asking for and with that yes with that we're gone <laughs>
2: Brought to you by Porkhouse Productions. Oinky oh, Oinky oh, Oinky. Oh,